Jim, I'm going to let you take this one. I know how much you like stories about veterans. I certainly do. This story is from Des Moines, Iowa. 70-year-old Vietnam veteran Robert Hoosier? 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 God, I'm I not, sure. not Hoosier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm just, out of respect, going to call him Sergeant Bob. Sergeant Bob. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even say what rank he is. You just made that up. Yeah, we can call in to correct me if I'm wrong. That way we can actually double our audience. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sergeant Bob. What a catchy name. Oh, hi, Max. Hello, dear Mumsy and good father. I have to say, Max, you're the good one this year. You didn't lock us out of the studio or pull any of your other stunts this time around. You're going to get an extra special gift at the end of the show for that, Max. What a coincidence. I have an extra special gift for you both as well. Oh, that's so sweet. You didn't have to do that. Well, I must admit that this is not an entirely selfless act. You are my test subjects for a product I have developed. If you both like this, I plan to market it under my own brand. Wow, that's great. Happy to help. What is it? For the past several months, I have been working on starting my own line of colognes and perfumes for the human market. I have named the company Max and Fritz. (laughs) That's clever. I see what you did there. I'm so glad you like it, Father. I decided I wanted to make a big splash for our debut product, so I have produced a fragrance that is designed to appeal to men and women alike. Here's the bottle. I wanted you both to be the first ones to try it, and you may keep this dispenser as a holiday keepsake. Oh, that's so sweet, Max. Well, let's try it. All right. Hmm, kind of woodsy and flowery at the same time. Nice balance. Yeah, this scent would work really well as an aftershave or a soap. What is it called, Max? Well, I knew it needed a really catchy name. I decided to call it Knockout by Max and Fritz. Odd name for a fragrance, especially if you're marketing it to women. (laughs) Yeah, why would you call it knockout? Oh, no, Max, you wouldn't. Melanie, Melanie, open the doors and and the windows. Max, how could you? Fear not, fans, followers, and friends. The effect is only temporary. They will be awake and back to normal by tomorrow afternoon. I think. In the meantime, here we go. Welcome to the Maximilian von Riegelwieser Christmas Special. No, really. Co-starring Fritzina Fluffybottom and special surprise guests. Brought to you by Knockout Cologne by Max and Fritz. And now, the meower of the hour, Maximilian Hello again, my wonderful friends. I am delighted to share in this blessed holiday tradition with every single one of you. We have a fun-packed show tonight, and as always, we lead off with a song by my beautiful kid sister, the one and only Fritzy Fluffybottom. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is Also grilled up hamburgers And did I mention I like cheese Yummy cookies, brownies too Apples, pears, and cheese to chew And that's barbecued All I want for Christmas is food 
Christmas, there is just one thing I need for Santa to fill up my cupboard full of snacks on which to feed. Peanuts and a candy cane, they will help me to maintain my sunny attitude. All I want for Christmas is food, baby. All I want for Christmas. That was an absolutely astounding opening, my dear Fritzy. And now it is time for a hard-hitting Christmas commentary. Ever since I was as big as my head is now all by itself, I have struggled with the extreme commercialism that has taken away from the true reason for celebrating Christmas. Don't get me wrong. It is nice to give and receive presents that were within the means of the giver, for example, there is an excellent chance that you can afford a bottle of my new cologne, Knockout by Max and Fritz. Not only does it smell wonderful, but as I so aptly demonstrated just before the special, one small squirt on the face can rid you of those annoying relatives at the Christmas dinner table who insist on talking politics, silence the whining kids who didn't get what they wanted from Santa, and give an energy-restoring nap to the ill-informed fans of the other team watching the football game. Remember, all is calm and all is bright with Knockout by Max and Fritz. For external use only, for occasional use only, for knocking people out only, this rental the CIA. For use in a well-ventilated area only, for amusement purposes only, for use on humans only, for use by private citizens only, for use by civilians only, not for use by politicians, inmates, active duty, military, police officers, FBI agents, sorry, Julius, Fortune 500 CEOs, Hollywood producers, social media hacks, sex offenders, or Taylor Lorenz. And in conclusion... Uh, where was I going with that? Oh well, let's move on, shall we? We now have a special Christmas surprise for you. Welcome to Poetry Corner, the grooviest holiday spot on the planet. And now up to bat is that far-out cat who's gonna tell you where it's at. Put your paws together for the voice as soft as leather that rhyming sage of love and rage, Wolf Zygote. Like out of sight on Christmas night, hang the tinsel and ring the bell, ex-President Trump is going to jail, hang the lights upon the tree, there's no one near a crook as he. Eat today, tomorrow we diet, we know he started that 1-6 riot. Wrap those gifts with a big red bow. The Jan 6 Commission told us so. Add a log and make it hotter. We all should trust Dick Cheney's daughter. I baked some cookies, have a whiff, and build a shrine to Adam Schiff. Here comes Santa on his sleigh. Now Orange Man is gonna pay. Put on your gloves and caps and muffs and haul that bastard off in cuffs. See you next year with more rhymes, my dear. An outstanding cultural addition, my good wolf. And now, Fritzy has a special surprise for us. Earlier this week, she scored the interview of a lifetime. Let's roll the tape. <laughs> 
Hi, everybody. I'm coming to you live on tape from the town of Christmas, Florida. I interviewed Santa a few years ago, and he fell asleep during my interview, so I wanted to take another chance to talk to him again. I found out that the Santas were here today, so now I'll be able to talk to both Mr. and Mrs. Santa. I am so excited, I can barely contain myself. I told a lady I was with the press and wanted to interview the Santas. She was so nice, she told me to wait right here and she would get the Santas. I don't see them yet, but I do see the nice lady walking up to me with a man in a suit. I will talk to him while I'm waiting for Santa and his wife. Hello, nice man. Hello. Fritzy, is it? Yes, sir. I'm here to talk to Santa Claus and his wife. I was told that the Santas were here, and I'm so excited to talk to them. Oh, oh, no. Uh, Governor DeSantis, sir, I, I think I made a mistake here. Oh, boy. Uh, look, Miss Kitty, I think there's been a misunderstanding here. Well, what's wrong, Mr. Nicely Dressed Man? Um, Santa and his wife aren't here. They, uh, told me they had an emergency at the North Pole and had to fly home. Yeah, um... One of the elves got COVID and uh, gave it to uh, Rudolph. No need to stretch it, Barb. Oh, that is too bad. But I understand. Not to worry. I will keep trying to talk with him, though, because I'm an intrepid kitty reporter. Governor, we have to move on now. So long, Miss Kitty. Of course. Well, uh, good luck, Fritzy. I know you'll get that big interview someday. Thank you, Mr. Nice-Dressed Man. Goodbye. He was so nice and really smart, he should run for president. I bet he would be fun to interview. I wonder what we would talk about. Florida has some really good orange juice, so maybe we could talk about oranges. Yum. Anyway, this is intrepid kitty reporter Fritzina Fluffybottom continuing the search for Santa. Back to you, big brother. You can't keep a good cat down. Thank you, Fritzy. And now, will you join me for our grand finale? Of course, Max. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring wherever you are, good tidings of Christmas and a Happy New Year. Now bring us a pack of Cheetos and a dozen bean burritos and a big old bowl of Fritos and a big old Wishmere. Now bring us a can of green peas and a crunchy bowl of Wheaties and of course a bag of string cheese and a mug of root beer. Now bring us some big potatoes, some bacon and tomatoes and when we've got an eighth those bring some more in my dear. Now bring us some abalone and a big box of pepperoni and some slices of bologna and bring it right here. Good tidings we bring, whatever those are. Good tide pools of Christmas and a happy new year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Culture-wise, you know, storm cat and stuff. Your family is, uh, uh, um, listening with counterculturewise. Oh, and the things. We like to piss people off and do stuff like that. Don't be offended. And- don't uh, don't take any advice from podcasters. Don't buy perfume advice. from cats. Yeah, I'm gonna we have things. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We um, I'm gonna kill that cat. Um, shows funded by people. Yeah, buy our mm. stuff. 
Go to our website, counterculturewest.com. Uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter and tell them I sent you. You can be a guest. I won't, um, Max will be locked up. Uh, fill out our idiot form whenever you want. So. Yeah, don't be an idiot. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week. my friends. Tune in next week for the Max von Riegelbeezer New Year Spectacular. Not if I have anything to say about you little bastard. Welcome to Counterculture Wise, a Stormcap production. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts, our guests, and the dog, and do not necessarily reflect the views of any of our platforms, our advertisers, or any other dog. you listen today, please remember, we are so much more than a podcast. All of our stories we discuss are linked in our show notes on counterculturewise.com. Visit there for commentary, guest photos and links, animations, and fun merchandise. If you have a story idea or would like to be a guest on our show, contact us via our website. You can also follow us on Twitter, Gab, Instagram, Facebook, and all over social media where we'll post memes, cat pics, and commentary that gets us booted off on a regular basis. If you're listening live, be sure to join our chat on Spreaker. If you're listening dead, please stop voting Democrat, but enjoy the show anyway. man can say happy birthday every time he wakes up i can say it every time it's totally fine with me oh it's good to have that that opening theme back yeah yeah, yeah. i mean we we tried something different for a while and it was okay yeah but i really like the theme music and yeah. we had a lot a lot of things to say and it's a new year so we turned over a new leaf Indeed. however just know that abby will forever bark us in so no that's going to be a thing no matter what. Of no course. offense, Susie, but she has a, a Susie's place. Susie's just finding her sea legs anyway. That's true. <laughs> she's she's still halfway between woof and yip, so we'll, we'll find out. Anyways, folks, welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first Counterculture Wise of 2023. Can you believe we made it here? I thought <laughs> when I was a kid that 2023 was like that total science like fiction. That like a far-off fantasy, yeah. It, just, so it didn't even crazy. seem like it, we'd get there, like... Like, also, that if we did, we'd be flying around a little Jetson. Thing. Yeah, I want my flying car. I, I don't. Am, I don't want a flying car. No. There's too many people going to fly around. Well, I think for the you should have to instant. get a flying car license, and those who are, you know, morons or drive well, no, big you know, white trucks the, here in even Texas the shouldn't be allowed. To... <laughs> go, even the smartest among us occasionally go. Ah, oh, I know my car. 
No, you don't yeah. know your car. You're going to wind up killing well, 57 like people falling from the sky. Or nuclear powered or something yeah. so that you don't run out of gas. Because that would suck to be like flying to work and all of a sudden. <laughs> Jetson! <laughs> you're fired! <laughs> Well, folks, as I totally normally every day say, yep, that's me, totally normally every day saying, yep. I am your hostess with the mostest, I'm Ms. Melanie Hope, and here in front of me with his cute face and bushy eyebrows and mutton chops and hot, hot lumberjack attire <laughs> is my best friend, just so happens to be my husband, also my co-host, and forever, my sweet baboo. Mr. James Modis! Half! Happy New Year! Okay, those of you who are not watching on our live video feed, because we totally wink wink have one of those, wink wink. Uh, great, now... Don't you hate it when you you have somebody's name in your head and you can't get the name out of your head? Yeah. What would you do? No, I, I was. If I, I, sang I, I said "hap" and then I did a bunch of yeah. Joe Cocker stuff. Cocker, and, thank you. Yeah. Cocker. He did a cocker. He pulled mm-hmm. a cocker. Yeah. We got half hey, Baboo up in the <laughs> chat. Yo, yo! If you are listening live, head on over to the chat. You can speak with the pun master himself. Dave, who is one of our most faithful listeners and one of my dearest friends, he and his wife and his golden retrievers. Also, if you're listening anywhere else, drop everything. Oh, no, I foot again. You never move out of the way. Like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, give us a 5,000 star review. You are the reason we do this and you are the only ones that can help us Go forward. We get DMCA'd every week by the you Scroobs. You Scroobs? Screw two? It's new. Whatever. I like you Scroobs. That's what I, I do too. It uh, sounds like Zoom scribes. Scroobs! Like scribes, like in the Bible. You know, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like you Scroobs. Uh, and we definitely will. I don't know. They'll, they won't, they'll have to pick which song that they take us down for it after um, Max's little excursion last week. Uh, you'll. You'll notice he... Uh, he's locked up. He's, he's locked up. Yeah. He he recorded. I, I was quiet. I kept my cool until he finished recording the commercial. We'll be playing later, but yeah. that's it. Well, I'm I don't even know how. <laughs> I mean... All I know is never trust, I had a really good sleep, trust though. perfume or tea that a cat gives you. So. Yeah, nothing. None of the above. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping... That if we give him plenty of projects to do, like commercials and interviews and yeah. things like that, he will keep his grubby mitts off of the studio, but we'll see. We don't want to make you guys jealous, but we had an amazing New we Year's weekend. We had a great New Year's weekend. So, yeah, we started right after I got off work on Friday. We went to Wild Lights at Cameron Park Zoo, and I can't say enough good things about this zoo. It's one of our favorite places to go. Um I was actually, because my birthday is coming up, on Facebook, you have an opportunity to choose a charity and, and you know, do a fundraiser for them, and they were in serious contention, although I went with somebody else, but we'll get into that in a few minutes. So we did that, and then last night for New Year's Eve, uh, Melanie did a lot of searching. She found something that worked out wonderfully. 
Um, Is it within our budget? Within our budget, even. And I don't have the name of the place in front of me, but it's in downtown Waco. Mm -hmm. And they have a bar and a steakhouse, really classy place. Adjacent to it, they also have this... uh, you, it's usually a parking lot, but it doubles as a concert venue. And they had fire pits. They had comfortable seating. They had uncomfortable seating. We got we, we got the, comfy the seating. we got the we got we the, got there stupid early. Yeah, we got there stupid early, but uh, we had a great time. The uh, dancing. There was a DJ there who I am trying to boo boo face into coming onto our show because yeah. being from Las Vegas, I've seen and heard a lot of DJs, and frankly, not my gig, not my thing. Well, but this Just guy, not, but this, this guy, guy was an really encyclopedia. Good. He not yeah. only played R and B and hip hop from the two the early two thousands up till today, but he mixed in Kiss, the Rolling Stones, Kansas. I don't know how many other. Classic rock, okay. Uh, think Joan Jett, maybe Johnny Cash, I mean, just, just like all of kinds I mean, of classic amazing. rock artists. Evanescence, yeah. uh, he got some Metallica in there. Yeah. I mean, it was a great mix up. And then uh, I was joking with him that I thought that the going from Roxanne by the police to the Roxanne, I have no idea who it's by, but it was yeah. going from Roxanne to Roxanne, I thought that was epic. And he's like, you know, that was the cheapest one I did. I'm actually embarrassed by that one because it was too easy. I'm like, yeah, but it was funny yeah it works so and yeah then, even with the ooja 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 in between well, sure it worked. it worked yeah he was he was brilliant I, I and i never enjoyed i mean i always i always appreciated this. the work they put into it but the results were never anything i was really thrilled with but this guy was really live good wiki 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 thing yeah yeah and Oops, i hope i did not invoke um <laughs> this is gonna go straight to youtube so i hope i didn't invoke you know the susan wiki wiki <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> Johnny Jones and his band came up, and they played a nice. Was that really their name, Johnny Jones? Yeah, yeah. That's the singer and guitar. Good. Yeah, pretty good. They, they what's those... funny though is the lead singer good, mm-hmm. but the rhythm guitar player that he only got to do a couple songs better. Well, he had, well he has his other separate band too. Oh, so oh he okay. Does, that he, makes sense. He doubles up, but yeah, the rhythm section was really good. Yeah, great drummer. Yeah, the bassist was great. Um, did a typical bass thing, just stood in one place. Stood thong, in one thong, place, thong, yeah, thong, head thong. down, looking at the Do, Does the, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we overall, had a, and a lot we of had, fun. There was dancing. Um, there was a food truck, and the food a, was included. Right, so um, we got a, a ticket for dinner, mm-hmm. and amazingly low price. I mean, we mm-hmm. got a lot of bang for our buck. Yeah, we did. And uh, the food, er, my girl. Yeah, it was really <laughs> good. Was so and yummy. the thing is, there was also a VIP uh, dinner inside the restaurant, but it's a very small, narrow place. It'd be a great place to take a date like for a dinner on a normal night. Like, yeah, the, the restaurants that are built inside, or not yeah. sidecars, sidecars the wrong word, uh, 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 cable car? Something like that. So there's there's one in Tacoma where I think it literally is a cable car. Yeah, this one's uh, not, but yeah. but it was about it's long it's, and, and yeah. thin. It is yeah. it is like a, a uh, yeah one and of so those. And so it was really really limited seating. I believe there were twenty spots. Right. And they got like this foo foo steak and, and, and you know, I'd, like and, I said, it's a great restaurant. It would be a great restaurant to take Melanie to, and I will sometime, probably during the week rather than on a weekend. Yeah, yeah. But I, I actually think they had felt as much fun as we did. I, I, I don't think they did. I thought we had more fun just I hanging think the out there. Was doing eating, much, yeah, and they opened it up. A, they opened it up at uh, I believe it was nine o'clock. So after yeah. they did the whole dinner and all that stuff, they opened it up, and and they still had like their cheese plates and all that stuff. So yeah. we got some of that, but. I don't think they had as much fun as we did. No, honestly. No, 
I think it was a, a little stuffy for a New Year's celebration. You yeah, know? well, you know, comes but, off, comes off. But I had a great time. And I did, a blast. Then today we prepared for the show. We slept in like all the way to what? No, wait, I slept in all the way to 5. I slept in all the way to about 6.30. Yeah. <laughs> the alarm went off and I thought, okay, well. The alarm went off? No, Fritzy went off. <laughs> <laughs> Fritzy went off. Melanie tried to stop her from going off. But then the dog in her little kennel started whining at 6.31 a.m. Yeah, don't tell me that pets cannot tell time. They can tell time. Can well, tell ours time. can anyway. Yeah, ours can. And they even and adjusted she, for She ain't the brightest bulb in the marquee, but she knows yeah. when it's feeding time. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, yeah, there's... Yeah. So we we had a nice afternoon. We went to we 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 used to do this almost every weekend on Sunday, especially. I think I'm going we'd go to reinvoke that tradition yeah. because it was lovely. coffee interlude. We go yes. to a local coffee place. We take our laptops. We prepare for the show. We yeah. have a latte. We I, just I bring read. a book and read. Yeah. Yeah, and and just enjoy. Today an it hour happened to be at a Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. because everything else was closed. <laughs> we went to our favorite coffee shop that you can take your dogs with you so we brought Susie and first we went and played fetch and everything got her tired and then we thought okay we'll hang out at the coffee shop and we get there we get all settled in ensconced log into the internet set up everything uh, outside water. this is outside yeah, the outside, place outside because yeah. it's oh um for those of you in Washington it's about 72 degrees and sunny <laughs> don't tease our audience we'll run away <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I got all settled in sconce, laptops on, dog settled with water and a bone and everything. And Jim goes inside to order a coffee. And I walked out and said, well, there's pizza if you want it because there's an adjacent pizza and a place and bar. Yeah. But it's like. I didn't want beer. And she said. I didn't want pizza. Pizza? We don't need pizza. You just ate. I said, you don't get the, you don't get what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's closed. closed. So with <laughs> tears in her eyes. Well, we, we headed off into the sunset yeah, we, looking for another place to enjoy. And uh, so there was another <clears throat> coffee shop that we've been wanting to try for a while and they too were closed. But they never seem to be open. You know, that's true. It always looks closed even when it's not. Even when so. it's not, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we ended up at the old Star Cucks at uh, Barnes & Noble. Yeah. But it was still very very well, it's di- it's a different vibe from a regular Starbucks. You go into a regular Starbucks and it's kind of loud. Really loud. The yeah. music's a little loud. Yeah, people this one are loud. has music, but it, you don't have to scream over the top of it. Yeah, because it's a bookstore, and people tend to be quieter in bookstores. And the kids section is clear on the other side of the bookstore, so we don't have to contend with that. Um, yeah, so it was very pleasant. Yeah, very pleasant. Anyway, today is our annual. What went right last year's show? Yeah, usually it's before New Year's Day, but since today is New Year's Day and last mm-hmm. week was it just cri- happened to work was Christmas, out. so mm-hmm. this is going to be we're going. You know, I will say that Chuck is going to make a few comments. We're going to let him some news. tell you the news. Because However, we don't want to. Melanie and I are going to stay away from all the stuff that we rant about week after week. Yep. This might even be the start of a new era for our show. We'll just nope. see where it goes. Nope. <laughs> the well, ginger will snap. <laughs> the ginger shall okay. snap. Okay. Before we get started with all the good news, though, we do have a little bit of bad news. Mm. It's a bittersweet thing. I mean, these are folks that, I mean, all were a bajillion years old. So yeah. The good news is we're not talking any youngsters. Right. So we're saying goodbye, rest in peace to the late, great Barbara Walters. And... I remember her from when I was a kid in the 70s. She was the co-host of the Today Show. Mm-hmm. Went on to a brilliant... I mean, she, she'd she done a lot of stuff before that, but that was her first national exposure. 
She went on to do a lot of different shows. She was a co-anchor at CBS, I think it was, and eventually wound up at ABC where she created The View. I'm not going to hold that against her, no, but she's, well. the, she's the one who started this. Um, but she was a voice of moderation in a show that's been taken that's over by, been taken over by totally cra- crazy hoes. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, Anita Pointer of the Pointer Sisters. Now, when the act first started, there were four Pointer Sisters and you know, Bonnie, June, Anita, and Bob. And Bob. Yeah. <laughs> no way. No, I. I- I didn't even know they were actually sisters. I thought no, they actually like, they actually were sisters. I thought that was like it wasn't know, like the Doobie Brothers. I thought it, it was, was like and Dawn. I yeah, thought it- <laughs> no, no, and um, but there were, you know, Bonnie left and went off to a solo career. I'm drawing a blanket, but the other three continued um, and had huge hits so with Fire. Last name was Pointer. He's so shy. Yeah. I'm really surprised we haven't had like the Setter Sisters or the Retriever Sisters or the. Well, you know. <laughs> They may come up with that. <laughs> this wouldn't be the time to do it. Um, but yeah, I love the Pointer Sisters. I saw them um, open for Lionel Richie back in '83, and they were they were fantastic. They went out and and they opened with a song that was brand new. It's called "I'm So Excited," and from there, just it went. It just kept going. They were amazing. Uh, I think they backed up. Lionel Richie on one of his songs too. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Mm. On on one of his shows, songs during his performance, but um, I think Anita was the is the only one who was still with the group. Okay. And her daughter and her daughter and one of one of the other Pointer's daughters were still touring as the Pointer Sisters when we were living in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only they, you would they, know that stuff. Well, somebody has to know it. Somebody has to know it. You are the all-knowing. And then... Pele! Pele, the soccer legend. People who don't know a single Nothing. soccer player know, in the world I know Beckham know Pele. and I know Pele. Yeah. And, um, uh, fun fact, though, I had no idea he was black <laughs> until today. <laughs> That's how little I know about soccer, yeah. but wow, yeah, legend. Yeah, he was legendary. Legend, yeah. Yeah. That every, I mean, that his name is so known. That even somebody who's never watched soccer or seen his picture knew his name. So that's that's a legend right there. Yeah. And then finally, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. And I believe, but don't quote me on this. I believe that is the Pope that I saw when I was in I Rome. I checked the time the time frame. Yes, that it was. he was okay. the Pope at the time. So he's the one I got in trouble for saying uh, when he was up there delivering the Easter services. I believe he spoke like four or five languages. Mm-hmm. And then they had translators for all the different languages. Mm-hmm. And so he spoke like uh, Latin and what was he? He was South American? No, was that the new, the current pope? I forget. Uh, the, the new, the, the current pope is South spoke American. Like French and, you know, four or five different languages. And then they had somebody do German and English. And one of the translators was a woman. And my friend, who I did not know at the time, was like a really devout Catholic and was like, you know, enraptured by the whole experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Catholic, so I apologize for being a little bit irreverent. I leaned in and I said, wow, he does all those voices. This is really impressive. And she like jabs me in the 
in the <laughs> <laughs> jabs me in the ribs. But it was funny because you heard him, but you remember you should burn and open you can like wait what? Because <laughs> he was he was probably like a quarter of an inch tall because he's way up at the very, very, very top of St. Pete's at the the balcony thing and we're like way the heck back, but it was an experience. It really well, was. he's he was um, once again. I don't really want to get into politics this this evening, no. but he was a far more conservative. He he was he was more popish. He was more popish. Let's yeah. say that. But now, he was also the first pope to step down. I believe in six hundred years. Six hundred years. I think of it was. And and that that takes a lot of courage. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people, Nancy Pelosi, who won't step down no matter how old and senile they get. Well, I mean, he was the first one to – I think one of the reasons that he left, regardless of whether he said it was just for health reasons or anything, it's because all these sexual abuse allegations came up during his oh. reign as pope and kind of whitewashed over it like popes will do. I'm not – I don't mean any offense to rank-and-file Catholics – you know, I'm one of them, sort of, and I just it, it. But it it needed to be condemned in, in the most in the most vociferous way, way. possible, and, and he did you know, not do so. There's this debate about whether that would have occurred if ministers were allowed to marry, and I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. I wouldn't want to marry somebody who could do that to a child. So I don't think that really would help yeah. the situation. Well, I don't, you know, let's not blanket all priests and say they're all molesters. Well, not all I of just, them. I mean, hashtag um, not all, but for but he also, loud. He also opposed the use of condoms, which See, that makes no sense. Which makes no sense, There's especially. There's absolutely nothing in the Bible at all saying you can't use contraceptives. I don't think they it was they were too busy begatting to worry about contraceptives well, back that. then according to the Bible. Yeah. I mean, these begat them, then begat the others and blah, blah I I read the Old Testament, I can honestly say now, read the whole thing. Too, there's a lot of begatting, you know, just just Well, the whole purpose of that is so that you can trace your lineage. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. of course. I I understand that in the historical context. But it mean some they young kid picking up normal. and reading the Bible. Hey, Garden of Eden, cool. Noah's Ark. Hey, Joseph, I love that story. Begat, 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 begat. It's so, just a lineage. I know. I mean, I understand that, but a young, but somebody younger and less experienced might just think, why are they? And that's if you read the Bible from cover to cover, the first time you read the Bible, you're in for a long slog, and you'll probably wind up putting the thing down and walking away. You know yeah. how I know? Because he's done it. Mm-hmm. But you had a goal, and you made it. I did. And you made it by I the did. new year. Well, I'm not going to stand around or sit around or lie in bed or flat on my face, whatever, say I'm a Christian and not have read, not book, have read it. I mean, I want to have the authority yeah. of at least having... And I wish more people believed that. I wish more, you know, from the Quran to well, I was, know, the, the, the Book of Mormon to... I mean, I mm-hmm. wish all people who had a religion would take that position because there's a lot of people that call themselves a devout whatever and they've never actually read the no, book they, they, their entire and, life. And I, like I said, on. this just happened recently because I was schooled in the New Testament. That that was I read the New Testament well, I mean, when, I was, when I was when I was eight starts. or nine years old. I, I read the New Testament. I mean, like like our pastor um, said, Jesus died a devout <clears throat> Jew. He didn't convert to Christianity. No, he didn't. And we have to take that into consideration. Yeah, we have to yeah. know that about our faith. Yeah. 
Well, we definitely have, it definitely has Jewish roots, and you know, but I mean, I used to think when I was a kid, when I not when I was a kid, but during the time that I considered myself an atheist, I used to say, "You want to make more Christians atheists? Have them read the Bible." And I was like, "Well, you have them read the Bible undirected." Yeah, that's the thing. And that's that is one of the. And I'm not going to go too far into this, but I wanted to say this. It's the question some people ask is, "Can you be a Christian and not go to church?" I think personally. And I'm gonna back. I'm either gonna back this up or retract it at some point. Technically possible. Technically. Technically. However, if you're not, if you're not fellowshipping with fellow believers who can keep, so you can keep each other going the right way and, and acting as a other. unit and inspire yeah. each other. Because eventually, if you try to be a Christian all on your own, for one thing. You're supposed to spread the word, but also you start cherry picking. Honestly, that that happens a lot. I, that that's I was caught up in New Age spirituality even as late as when this show started. You can go back in our archives, and I'm I'm jabbering about all kinds of stuff. But all that is is cherry picking from different religions. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. I mean, if you want to do that, this is America. Feel free to do that. God bless you. But you're not going to get the truth. Yeah. Not my truth, not their truth. You know, you're either a Christian or you're not. And cherry picking the way I did before and the way I'm sure Melanie did different points in her life and like most and most people will do. We often still do. It's human yeah. nature. That's yeah. kind of the point. That's why yeah. you're supposed to be in the word every day. Mm-hmm. And and that if there's one thing our pastor does, it's remind us of that. Well, he's a very down to earth guy, um, and he actually has a written list of people he prays for every single day. He reads the Bible every single day, and he doesn't just do this. He's a far, he's a rancher. He's got all mm-hmm. all these other responsibilities. He's, he spent most of the the morning chasing a horse that got loose. Yeah, you know? and he told so, tells us about it. Definite, definite Central Texas thing, um, but yeah, I mean, and he pointed this out. I mean, you really need to get into. It. In fact, we're going to be starting a Bible study, like a of the Gospels, and Walk we're all going to be Bible, uh-huh. the, four, the four Gospels at least, and, and we're going and to be I doing think that. That it would be fun as a unit to share a little bit of what we learn as we go. So, I, if that's going to offend some of our listeners, too bad. Well, have a you know talk to us. We're not going to get all preachy. We're not going to get and we're not going to say goodbye. Go don't let the and you'll probably still get don't the door hit you in the ears. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Um, We want we want to we want debate. We want discussion. Something I've 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 believed and and I I probably am not the best at practicing is you know we're constantly being told in our society. Don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. Well, you're supposed to judge. You are. The problem is the now, interpretation word judge, discern, right. which is the good kind of judging versus exactly. and being judgmental, which is a different judging thing. and condemning. It is yeah. not our job to condemn. 
That is entirely God's job. It is our job to say that is wrong Mm -hmm. and let our fellow Christians know. Absolutely. I wish, I I honestly wish there were times more Christians had confronted me about my behavior. Yeah. It it pisses you off. I mean, we've done it to each other and it, Pisses yeah, it's each like, other off. We're tithing this week. Ah, we're frizzing, 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 frizzle, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. Um, so, I don't want, I don't, I didn't, I've said this before. I don't want this to be the good time gospel hour. No, no. But and, it's and like, not, but. That's not our gig. We're still, no. we're still going to have biting satire and commentary. We're still going to talk about current events. And we're still occasionally going to let a word slip or two. We're trying, though. I I salvaged one of um, Susie Q's milk bone jars and considering turning it into a swear jar, but then I realized (laughs) I'd have to have like 10 rolls of quarters a day to drop in the thing. Yeah, well, if you're just buying quarters to drop into the swear jar, it kind of doesn't hurt as bad as if you have to go looking for, you know, through your (laughs) sock drawer to find change. Well, you know us, we'd be writing IOUs and dropping them in there before the week (laughs) is over. Uh, yeah. You can help that by contributing. <laughs> Head on over to counterculturewise.com and become a supporter. This is the year to do it. We yes. have so many things we want to do. We I'm learning how to do videos and things like that. Wink wink. So I mean if you want to further our our voice, become a supporter. Um we got nothing. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, we, we actually, though, a lot of people are buying our things on Redbubble. Uh, I switched over from Teespring to Redbubble because they offer a lot more things. Right. So uh, this week I've been uploading uh, old designs that were on Teespring, still are. But uh, now we've got more options like socks. So if you would like your fumbling, bumbling investigator socks, <laughs> that uh, those are now available on Redbubble. So head on over to Counterculture by the Day again and yeah. uh, click on our store and you can see thumbnails of the, the ones that we're uploading. Mm-hmm. We have a couple more ideas that we're going to be... Uh, I will say on a side note, I have bought a t-shirt from Redbubble last year from another artist and they don't mess around. It's nice quality... Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, nice. Which one was it? It's the uh, Warner Brothers logo, the the blue one with the gold logo. Oh, okay. You and your Warner Brothers. That's not a shirt. I thought you got that at like a a t-shirt shop. So yeah, it's a really nice shirt. Yeah. Okay. And I have nothing bad to say about Teespring. It's just you can get t-shirts and hoodies. One thing I noticed about Teespring, though, or they now just call it Spring. I don't know why. but weird. That's because they don't just do t-shirts. That's true. Um, But... If you just go to their main page and then try to search for something, some subject or something, it just gets weird. You can't well, I've, find I've what you're looking for. I've noticed that they are predominantly <clears throat> almost entirely left, mm-hmm. whereas Redbubble, you can find both. Yeah. So. Well, that, I mean, it, what I'm saying is you can, if you go to their main page, Redbubble, you can enter a search engine, put in anything and find Yeah, I was shoot. actually searching for and something the other Teespring day. Teespring didn't do that. I was searching for something the other day and one of my designs came up and I felt just so honored. <laughs> That never would happen on Teespring. Anyways, we're not dissing or, or anything. I'm just saying, buy our crap, support the show, head on over to CounterCultureWise.com. Anyways, we've spent the first 40 minutes of the show. I we knew what happened. We have gotten into the stories. Okay, so as Let's start our... start at the very beginning, because that is a very good place to start. I've heard a song about that once. Mm-hmm. We had a miracle baby born, 2-22-22, at 2-22 a.m., in labor and delivery room number a two. 
So welcome to the new baby that was born. Uh, 2-22-22. Wow. All right, so way back in February of 22, this child was born in North Carolina. A miracle baby girl that they'll never forget. Her name is <clears throat> Judah Grace. Born Cute to first-time parents Abberelli and Hank Spear at Cone Health Alamanchi Regional Medical Center. Man, they have a lot of weird names for being in North Carolina. She weighed seven pounds, seven, seven pounds, seven pounds, ten ounces. I tried to smush all that together. So ounce. It didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, so nouns. And she's precious. Of course, all babies are. Um, her due date had actually been on February 22nd, so that's the second miracle. She was actually born on her due date. That never happens. Yeah, that <laughs> never happens. And she was in labor for 26 hours. Oh, oh Lord just child. bullet to the head. I'm yeah. a guy. I wouldn't be able to. I, yeah. I, I, that's, yeah. Anyways, mom, dad, and baby are doing great, and she came into the world right on the dot. So congratulations, and she will be a year old here pretty soon. So that was our miracle baby that was born on 2-22-22 at 2-22 a.m. in delivery room. A uh, two. I would have named her Tuesday. Yeah, or Tuesday, like Tuesday Weld. Cute, yes, yeah. definitely. Um, so this story is from January. Uh, one of our favorite entertainers. Um, now, some Betty. of these stories we may have talked about before. Yeah. But again, we want to talk about what went right. Absolutely. So there were a lot of challenges. The Cinnamon Challenge, the Ice Bucket Challenge, the Massimo Challenge. I mean, all kinds of crazy challenges, but this is one I can get behind. Yeah. Um a viral fundraising effort to honor the legacy of Betty White, a lifelong animal lover and outspoken advocate for annual welfare, encouraging donations to benefit shelters and rescue operations, has raised $12.7 million. Now, this was in January. $12.7 million on Facebook and Instagram. That's amazing. The, on January 17th, which would have been White's 100th birthday, and she almost made it, Meta the parent company of Facebook, said that Betty White challenged fundraisers on its platforms that raised nearly $900,000 from 26,000 people. On Friday, according to Meta, more than 390,000 people have donated to fundraisers on Facebook and Instagram for the Betty White Challenge, raising a total of $12.7 million for animal shelters and rescues. According to Meta, the company does not charge any fees for donations made to nonprofit organizations through its social platforms. I will personally vouch that is true. White's team on Friday posted a pre-recorded video on her Instagram with Late Star thanked her fans for raising so much money. White, who died December 31st, 2021, at the age of 99, was Stupid on the Golden Girls. dumpster fire one took everything, including Betty White. Frickin' Hate 2021. It's over. Rotten hell 2021. It, it already is. Just keep sucking <laughs> 2021. She was on the Golden Girls, Mary Tyler Moore show, and Hot in Cleveland. All three great shows mm -hmm. and all three, lar you know, she was, partially because of her. She's she was really a national brilliant. treasure. She yeah. really was. Self-proclaimed zoo nut. She spent her life advocating for animal welfare. My preoccupation with animals is an open secret, she wrote in her 2011 book, Betty and Friends, My Life at the Zoo. Um, so she didn't have much of a, I guess, her. she was okay with leaving this 
plane because she was looking forward to being reunited with her husband, Alan Ludden, who was, I don't know if you know this, he was the host of Password TV, the game show. show. Yeah. So. I did not know that. Yeah. All right, this comes from our old stomping grounds. Which Las one? Las Vegas oh, that Burger one. King employee, Mr. Kevin Ford, who is 54. So you'll appreciate this. He has toiled as cashier and cook at the uh, chain's McCarran International Airport location since 1995. And when his 27th anniversary came along, his bosses gifted him with a backpack, stuffed with a movie ticket, a Starbucks cup, candy, and a chocolate. Video of him accepting the gifts and thanking his co-workers soon went viral, but many people who saw the clip were shocked that he'd be given such a paltry thank you present following his years of loyalty with the company. His daughters set up a GoFundMe page for their dad, and they were hoping to raise about $200. But nearly $300,000 in donation came in, and the number keeps rising. The man in that video is my father. Hmm. He has worked at his job for 27 years, and yes, he has never missed a day of work. Uh, His daughter, uh, Serena, wrote in the fundraiser. So, yeah, they actually raised a total of 392645 as of today. Wow. And they, they pay, set the could, goal of 400000 buy a house can... with that. That's incredible. He, well, I mean, after they take taxes, maybe not, but he, he could maybe, maybe buy a, a scooter. He originally began <laughs> working at his job as a single father when he gained custody of me and my older sister 27 years ago. Then, as our family grew and he remarried, he continued to work there because of the amazing health insurance. That was provided. Say, oh, you will about McDonald's, but they do offer good health insurance. Asturia wrote that the family was in no way asking for money, but if anyone feels like a, like blessing him, he would love to visit his grandchildren. So all they wanted was a, basically a plane ticket. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, his wish came true when he was flown out to New York City to appear on NBC's Today Show and was reunited with his grandchildren live on television. This is such a sweet story. I haven't seen my grandkids in over four years until the other day when the Today Show flew me out to New York and I got to see them on live TV. I've been crying for all of these days, as it is, of course, I'm crying live on TV again, seeing my grandbabies. As for the money that's been raised for him, Ford said he doesn't have any plans to retire or take a vacation just yet and is solely focused on his family. You never know. It's day to day, but I haven't thought of anything to do with that money except to visit my grandkids for a while and maybe put some up for their college. What a great grandpa. I'm not even thinking about that, he told the outlet. I'm just working. And you know something? People who work that hard and that long Mm -hmm. live a long, long time. Mm -hmm. This man is 54. He looks like he's 19. He's Mm -hmm. got sweet, kind eyes. Yeah, he's... he's, um, what a great grandpa. <laughs> yeah, okay. And we, we shared this story before too, but I thought it bared repeating because it's such a great story. All right. Marine scientists have designed a piece of technology that could drastically reduce shark bycatch by emitting short electrical pulses as a deterrent. Now, that's a deterrent to the sharks, not to the fishermen. <laughs> right. A small battery-powered device known as Shark Guard reduced the numbers of blue sharks accidentally caught by commercial fishing gear in a French longline tuna fishery in the Mediterranean by 91%. Wow. Now, I wonder if that works on dolphins, too. 
Huh. That'd be interesting. Um, and also stingrays by 71%, according to a study in the peer-reviewed journal Current Biology. That's kind of Clipped badass. onto the line next to a baited hook, shark guard emits a short pulse every two seconds. When that pulse temporarily overstimulates the electrical sensors around a shark's nose and mouth, called the ampullae of Lorenzini, the shark swims away. Dr. Phil Doherty, lecturer in marine conservation science at the University of Exeter and lead author of the study, said although shark guard is doing what it has been designed to do, further sea trials are requested to assess its effectiveness in other fisheries. It's reducing blue shark and pelagic stingray catch on these hooks, so we can be quite confident for these species in this fishery, he said. But shark guard needs to be designed on a case-by-case basis to ensure it's fit for purpose. Every year, an estimated 100 million sharks, skates, and rays are killed by fishing and bycatch. I'd had no idea it was that many. Yeah, that's really an, that's obscene. Since 1970, the global abundance of oceanic sharks and rays has declined by 71 percent due to fishing practices. So they really haven't. Doesn't appear they've worked on dolphins one way or the other yet. Longline fishing rays can be more than 30 miles long. Holy smokes. I had no idea. That's... No wonder they net so many rays and sharks. Holy smokes. With hundreds of branch lines hanging down from one main floating surface line, the shark guard clips on the branch lines next to each baited hook. Further research will establish the thresholds required to deter different sharks. Wow. Just wow. That's kind of... Spelled backwards. Wow. Overkill. I don't know. So to speak. (laughs) That's... (laughs) Wow. <laughs> okay. These folks are not a sponsor, but I have nothing but good things to say about this particular company. I've had very good relations with this company. I was a. Uh, I hate to say who t- turned me on to this company. I'm uh, he who shall not be named, but I have had very good experiences with this company. When Anna Bros's dog passed, she decided to send unused pet food back to Chewy not expecting the company to send her a gift back. And they actually have a picture of her dog, Gus, who looks like a chocolatey version of Susie. (laughs) Gus, Bros's five-year-old chocolate lab, German short hair pointer mix, recently died from stomach bloat. Oh, how heartbreaking. Gus was a sweet, loving soul, Bros told Fox Television News Stations. He was very nervous when we first adopted him, and he had a lot of fears. New people, thunder balloons... But he worked so hard to overcome those fears in order to be close to us. He just wanted to be in physical contact with one of us at all times. He looks like a sweet puppers. Rose says she orders pet food from Chewy and tried to return the unopened bag of Gus's dog food a week after he died. She said the company's customer service agent named Jordan not only offered condolences but gave her a full refund. And, and they are really, really good about that. Very. Rose said the agent advised her to donate the food to a local shelter. So she didn't even have to send it back. They, that's Chewy. If you, if you're anybody from Chewy's listening, we would love to have you as a sponsor because you guys are awesome. Then came a surprise. Bro said last week she found a box of flowers on her front porch in Madison, Wisconsin. She first thought it was from a friend or relative, but it turned out that the bouquet from Jordan bouquet came from Jordan of Chewy. It was so touching and unexpected to receive the flowers from Chewy, she continued. Hey, you guys, you didn't send me any flowers when I lost mine. <laughs> it absolutely blew me, but we did donate our food to a 
a needy charity. It absolutely blew me away. I've always had great customer service from them, but this was a whole other level. It meant so much to us that they knew and cared that Gus was gone. Uh, we did get a condolence card, I believe. I'm trying to remember if we did. She posted about the testy... I'm trying to mash words together today, and I'm just failing miserably. She posted about the touching gesture on her Twitter page. I contacted... <clears throat> She added them at Chewy last week to see if I could return an unopened bag of dog food after he died. She posted, they, one, gave me a full refund, two, told me to donate the food to the shelter, and three, had flowers delivered today with a gift note signed by the person I talked to. And then she has the tears flowing emoji. Chewy responded to her tweet. It's the least we could do, Anna. We hope these flowers will help keep your spirits up. A little rose and a heart. Uh, the article goes on about uh, how Chewy chooses inter their uh, interactions, and then she talks about her dog. And I just think it's a sweet, sweet story. And it's so nice that there are businesses out there that aren't so busy being woke and all of that, that they can actually just be decent human beings. And it was, it's a lovely story. So if you're tracking with me, Melanie, this article I'm reading from is different from the one that's posted on the notes. Okay. The reason I did that is because it's actually <clears throat> the other article is from NPR and it's just a a, a transcription of conversations. There's like three or four okay. different people talking. And I try to go to the source as, as most as I can. The, I, I went, rather than NPR, I went with BBC. So All right. Same thing. Well, now you've got to read it in a British accent. European scientists say they have made a major breakthrough. I was hoping more Monty quest. Python. <laughs> European scientists say they've got. A I'm not going to do that for a whole article. European scientists say they have made a major breakthrough. Okay, never mind. European scientists say they made a major breakthrough in their quest to develop practical nuclear fusion. Yeah. This is big. This is big, and we've the talked about this on our show before. I'm so excited yeah. about this. I mean, this could change. The world. Mm -hmm. This is the energy process that powers the stars. UK-based Jet Laboratory has smashed its own world record for the amount of energy it can extract by squeezing together two forms of hydrogen. If nuclear fusion can be successfully recreated on Earth, it holds out the potential of virtually unlimited supplies of low-carbon, low-radiation energy. I really hope that it would go through and not run into That'll the... That'll piss off the carbon pollution. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, yeah. I'm not going to express... This is good news. This yes. is not expressing um, cynicism night. We need to stay on top <clears throat> of it, though, because what's going to happen is this will come to pass, <clears throat> but they will bury it. Yeah. So we need to stay on top of it. Yeah. I mean, most of the... Most of the parties who would do this are ones who could benefit the most from this. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. Uh, let's see. The experiments produced 59 megajoules of energy over five seconds. That is 11 megawatts of power over five seconds. That's huge. This is more than double what was achieved in similar tests back in 1997. It's not a massive energy output, only enough to boil about 60 kettles worth of water. But the significance is that it validates design choices that have been made for an even bigger fusion reactor now being constructed in France. The jet experiments put us a step close to fusion power, said 
Dr. Joe Milnes, the head of operations at the reactor lab. We've demonstrated that we can create a mini star inside of our machine and hold it there for five seconds and get high performance, which, us- which really takes us into a new realm. And then there's a diagram showing you how nuclear fusion works. By the way, 105% safe. This isn't mm-hmm. like nuclear reactor 1979 Three Mile Island garbage. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> The ITER facility in southern France is supported by a consortium of world governments, including from EU member states, U.S., China, and Russia. It's it's so important that political um, rivals are working together for this because they know it's going to benefit people. That's wonderful. It is expected to be the last step in providing nuclear fusion can become a reliable energy provider in the second half of this century. Operating the power plants of the future based on fusion would produce no greenhouse gases and only very small amounts of short-lived radioactive waste. These experiments we've just completed had to work, said JET CEO Professor Ian Chapman. If they hadn't, then we'd have real concerns about whether ITER could meet its goals. This was high stakes, and the fact that we achieved what we did was down to the brilliance of people and their trust in the scientific endeavor. He said to the BBC, "I'm I not going to read the whole thing. It's a really long." How can take something like straight out of a movie, <clears throat> yeah, and say, "Huh, I wonder if we can do that." And now we can. Now we have Zoom. I mean, you think about that. Yeah. You look at Back to the Future, 1984 or five or whatever. Yeah, that was like this crazy far off. Yeah, well, we're going to be gonna able to do video fu- calls. Run a car by fusion. Yeah. Um, in the in the first one, um, that even goes further back to Stanley Kubrick's 2001. On AT and T, you know, there were a lot of corporate. There's a lot of product placement, but there was actually two people essentially skyping. Yeah, <clears throat> and now it's just something that I do every day. Oh, it's yeah. the weirdest thing. It's something I can. I, I mean, can cell phones. Do. I remember those things used to be as big as my car is now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this. I mean, these make the uh, the contraptions on Star Trek look like these big, clunky, ugly things. And well, the, like, o- the only thing we're missing is the thing that, you know, goes and tells you, you know, what's 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 wrong with you. You know, yeah. you still have to do surgery and whatnot. I mean, we're it's coming. Oh, it's that's coming. coming. Yeah. We're, we're much closer to that. But isn't that right. just... I hope everybody who's listening found that as fascinating as we it do. Is. Yeah. And like I said, we'll mm. stay on top of it because once it is a reality, they're going to try to bury it because they're not going to be able to benefit from it. This interests me, what you're about to tell our... Well, I have to start off with, it's funny, with the way things have been going in Ukraine and, and all the things, <clears throat> this song from way back in the 80s, a huge Sting fan. Yeah. And this, this was on Dream of Russians. the Blue Turtles. Yeah. How can I save my little boy from Oppenheimer's deadly toy? There is no monopoly on common sense on either side of the blue. I forget how the song goes. We share the same biology, regardless of ideology. Believe me when I say to you, I hope the Russians love. I I loved that song. It's a beautiful song, and it's fitting. Yeah. But instead of saying, Mr. Reagan says we will protect you, you know, bread, brain, brain dead Brandon says doodly squat. Other than no. send ah, ah, ah. Okay, okay. Ah. Behaving, behaving. Ah. Anyways, the phys- physicist and architect of American atomic bomb, Mr. J. Robert Oppenheimer, was stripped of his security clearance in 1954 after what is now called a flawed investigation. The Secretary of Energy on Friday, nullified the 1954 decision, a little late there, Bubby, 
to revoke the security clearance of J. Robert Oppenheimer, a top government scientist who led the making of the atomic bomb in World War II, but fell under suspicion of being a Soviet spy at the height of the McCarthy era. In a statement, the Energy Secretary Jennifer M. Granholm said the decision of her predecessor agency, the Atomic Energy Commission, to bar Oppenheimer's clearance was the result of a flawed process that violated its own regulations. What do you bet there's going to be a whole lot of these things in the next 10 years of all the crazy things that they did the Mm -hmm. last six years? Right. As time has passed, she added, more evidence has come to light of the bias and unfairness of the process that Dr. Oppenheimer was subjected to while the evidence of his loyalty and love of country have only been further affirmed. Historians who have long lobbied for the reversal of the clearance clearance revocation praised the vacating order as a milestone. Shouldn't have taken this dang long. I'm overwhelmed with emotion, said Kyrie Bird, co-author with Martin J. Sherwin of American Prometheus, a 2005 biography of Oppenheimer that won the Pulitzer Prize. History matters, and what was done to Oppenheimer in 1954 was a travesty, a black mark on the honor of the nation, Mr. Bird said. Students of American history will now be able to read the last chapter and see what was done to Oppenheimer in that kangaroo court proceeding that was not the last word. So they go on to talk about a movie that's coming out. Uh, it's a fairly long article, so I recommend heading on over to countercultureized.com. That if reminds you want me. Links it's, archived, of course. That that reminds me. The uh, I, I I said that I was considering the uh, um, the zoo, but I went with a different charity instead, and this one is going to be Slavic Christian Ministries. I did this for a couple of reasons. They are helping out children in the Ukraine who have nothing to do with this war going on, but it's giving them, you know, housing, food, clothing, that kind of thing. This is a Christian ministry run by a friend of mine who also happens to be my former manager at my current job. Great guy named Ron Putnam. Um, He's been doing this for years. His wife is Ukrainian, so this really hits home for him. Okay. And I just thought this would be a very fitting thing to do, both to thank him for being such a great manager, but also because in in my heart, it's not... The kids are... It, the kid, You want to scream, leave the kids out of it, but mm-hmm. the kids are the ones who are most affected. Yeah. They're the ones who parent, whose parents die in, in, in fighting battles. They're the ones whose parents make the decisions that led to what they're doing. Yeah. They're... they're they have nothing to do with it. They're innocent. And well, I think make sure you post the link to that I will, on our show I'll notes. be doing that. Yeah. I'll be doing that. Well, but thank I just, you for that. That's a very sweet yeah. and kind thing to do. Well, I you know, I'm not doing it for my it's not for, it's not about me. It's about it's about following the Great Commission. It's about doing the right thing from the right for the right reasons. We'll do the zoo next year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've gone atomic, and now we are at the one-hour mark, believe it or not. Really? But before we go, we have a new sponsor. Are you feeling politically hopeless? Are you sick of your government telling you what to wear, eat, and believe? They've locked you down, shut you up, and worn you out with their hypocrisy. 
Now they're weaponizing the IRS, DOJ, and NPCs. If you're finding it hard to stand up for your rights, you need the stress relief of Damn You All. From the makers of Groacide and enough of this, Damn You All is the new life-changing drug from CCW Labs. With Damn You All, you will relieve yourself of the anxieties of social media. You will find your voice and your spine because you will no longer be bogged down by gainful employment, meddling family, or fair-weather friends. Plus, you'll get out of those harmful endorsement contracts with pedagogues. This powerful combination of deoxyfuside and a proprietary blend of 1776 spices and herbs will have you relaxed, rejuvenated, and ready to react to the ridiculousness of your wretched, retarded representatives, if not the entire press corps of dirty, dirty smear merchants out to get you, your state, and your family unit. It's easy to be called crazy when you're the only sane one in the room. The only way to total freedom is to grab some Damn You All today. Damn You All should not be taken while operating heavy machinery. Light machinery may be okay, as long as it doesn't involve sharp blades, blunt force, wheels, wrenches, electricity, or paint. Use while operating a motor vehicle may cause you to attempt to fly your car to Barbados so you can make a guest appearance on Alex Jones. Regular use of Damn You All may cause circular logic, increased distrust of the government, loss of all your social media accounts, and the impulse to run for office yourself. Reported side effects also include anti-Semitism, loss of honorary degrees, and a propensity for fetish gear. Ask your doctor, dentist, driver, doorman, deckhand, decorator, data clerk, designer, daycare teacher, or dealer about Damuol today. Damuol, Mr. Ye's drug of choice. Leaders, listen up. Do you feel like you can't get a dang thing done because of all the namsy-pamsy crybabies that want you to coddle their creativity? When you give orders, are you met with vacant stares only rivaled by a cocker spaniel? It's not them. It's you. You need to shape up or they'll ship you out. Read the Sniper's Guide to Leadership and you'll become a more effective leader, communicator, and motivator. Forget smart goals and learn swift goals. Get the Sniper's Guide to Leadership in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. Today! When a disaster happens, are you ready? Do you have the supplies you need to keep you and your family safe and survive? The Zombie Outpost Store in Wilmington, Ohio at Caesar Creek Flea Market stocks quality gear you need to be ready for the next emergency or even a camping trip. Visit zombieoutpoststore.com for location and hours. Check out our assortment of essentials you need when the next disaster happens. Go to zombieoutpoststore.com. Get 10% at checkout when you mention CounterCultureWise Radio. Be ready and be prepared. These are triggering times between mean bosses forcing you to work your full shift as scheduled, having to actually be considerate to your fellow human beings, especially your friends and loved ones, and also having to constantly endure microaggressions from people who honestly believe they're innocent and have the best of intentions, not to mention orange man bad. The world can make you want to pull your blue hair right out of your head 
bark like a dog and scream re at the top of your lungs. Yes, the world is a scary place, but your car doesn't have to be. Introducing the Toy Motor Safe Space, the first SUV designed and marketed for millennial college students and the professors who inspire and influence them. With 23 cubic feet of storage space, you'll have plenty of room to store your picket signs, your crayons, your stuffed animals, and your emotional support iguana. Each seat has its own retractable blankets and booster seat style double seat belts to cradle and comfort you. The bubble wrap enhanced bumpers will give you that college feeling even when you are on the road. Additional safety and comfort features include our patented Re-Horn, allowing you to make your presence known without a toxic masculine blast. A state-of-the-art smart sound system that automatically blocks out conservative talk show hosts and country music. And of course, bad year tires. The tires that always veer left. This fine SUV is solar powered, and when the sun isn't shining, your retractable blankets allow it to be wind powered. It's a virtual Green New Deal on wheels. Our premier model is available in your choice of Lives Matter Black or Antifa Blood Red. Arrive at your mostly peaceful protests in style and comfort with the new Toy Motor Safe Space. Toy Motor, where do you think you're going? Hi, everybody. This is Fritzina Fluffybottom. Did you know that we have a subscribe star? We do! There are lots of fabulous extra things on there that you can't get anywhere else, like outtakes, new books, and extra videos. And you can sign up for as little as $1. Our entire show is funded by you, our loyal viewers. Please make sure you sign up today so that Mommy and Daddy can get me shiny new bells for my collar, extra feathery toys, yummy crumbly cat food bowls made just for kitty cats, more cow pillows for my couch, name brand Albacore tuna, my own pink news desk, stuffed animals that look like me, made just for them. And now, CCW News presents Holy Crap! This is actually happening! What Fresh Hell Edition, January 1st, 2023. I'm Chuck U. Farley. The big news this week, at least on social media, is Andrew Tate and his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day after he was reportedly taken down first by a high school dropout's infantile dick joke and then by a pizza box. At least it would be news if it weren't completely fabricated by a transsexual YouTuber who became the main source for all legacy media outlets to use in their reporting. I swear, I am not making this up. This week, the world said goodbye to a pointer, a Pele, and a Pope. Plus Barbara Walters. I could make this up. Reports are in that Samuel Bankman-Fried, FTX founder and money launderer for the DNC, will be transferred for safekeeping to the very same prison in which Epstein didn't kill himself. Incoming Republican Representative George Santos is under fire for allegedly lying on his resume. Santos reportedly listed organizations he was never part of and degrees from colleges he never went to. He possibly hid a crime he did in Brazil and claimed a fake Jewish heritage. Obviously, the Democrats do not want him in Congress as, should all this prove true, his ability to lie, plagiarize, and cover up foreign crimes more than qualifies him to be their president. The Democrats have broken every law all the way up to the Supreme Court to illegally and unethically release current private citizen Donald Trump's tax returns. Within the greasy, toasty, flame-broiled nothing burger are the following bombshell revelations. He made several large charitable donations. Like the rest of America, he wrote off the Hori Daniels political stunt. One of his businesses has always had a bank account in China. He made small loans to his children and he <sighs> rounded the interest. 
his helicopter business broke even. After losing millions of dollars to perpetual attacks, he is literally the only president to leave office poorer than when he entered. Now that the floodgates have been opened, it would be nice to use those 80 million new weaponized IRS agents on Nancy, Chuck, Brandon, and anyone else who has gotten filthy stinking rich by holding office longer than God. This reporter will not hold his breath. Meanwhile, without the fear of a strong or even coherent U.S. president, little Rocket Man is back to his old tricks and firing missiles, the latest round nearly making it to Japan. South Korea is bracing itself for an attack as Kim Jong-un has promised to significantly increase North Korea's nuclear arsenal and plans to update their technologies so they may directly threaten the USA. But hey, no mean tweets, am I right? For CCW News, this has been holy crap. This is actually happening. I'm Chuck U. Farley. Happy New Year, and may God help us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do something and to ring in the new year that we haven't done for a while because, you know, hashtag save the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> one of my students for Christmas, well, parents, one of my students' parents, let's be very, very clear here, sent us a Harry and David gift box, which mm. had a chocolate truffles and a lovely bottle of wine, which we managed to hold off opening for the last two weeks. And we decided that we're going to do a wine of the week. And I think what I'm going to do is try a sip of the wine and also one of these truffles that you referred to. Mm, yes. All right. So this is a Harry and David Vineyards. I did not know they had their own vineyard. Or is that the kind of their thing? I've never heard of Harry and David before. They, they're, they just do luxury, like soaps and yeah. all, all kinds of things like that. Yeah. So, so I, is, I did not know they, they sold chocolate a, and wine. Quite a they, foo-foo box, I yeah. thought. Like, really pretty. This, this is one of those those higher-end stores that you see at the mall. It's nice when I have rich students whose mommy send me presents. <laughs> I'm so spoiled. <laughs> Anyways, this is their 2021 Oregon Pinot Noir. Mm, so let's have Oregon a wine. sip of a Harry and David... 2021, suckiest year on the whole planet, so hopefully the wine doesn't taste as bitter as the year was. Pinot Noir. Let me guess, Jim. This would go good with steak. Not go good with chocolate. But <laughs> I, think um, I will say that this is the one thing good that came out of 2021. I This is a nice This is wine. really, it's really good. It's subtle. It's kind of light yeah. for a Pinot. Yeah. And I love me some Pinot, don't get me wrong. This um, is excellent. This is a very nice, subtle, very well-balanced wine. I would say it's it's not bready or grapey. It's just a really, really balanced, mm -hmm. balanced palate. This is quite, quite good. And you're right. It probably would go very well with chocolate. I'm just not in the mood for anything sweet other than you, my dear. Mm. <laughs> so Jim, we're not going to be able to talk for a minute because he's got chocolate in his face. So I'm going to read... This amazing story. This is so exciting. This is great. An American research team reported that it has possibly cured HIV in a woman for the first time. Building on past successes as well as failures in the HIV cure research field, these scientists used a cutting-edge stem cell transplant method that they expect will expand the pool of people who could receive similar treatment to several dozen annually. Okay, that's not a lot yet, but... Not yet, but it always starts small. Yeah, this is incredible. 
No thanks to. <laughs> Their patients stepped into. <laughs> we're trying. Into no, she, a rarefied I'm, I'm, club that includes three men whom scientists have cured or very likely cured of HIV. So this is the first woman. Researchers also know of two women whose own immune systems have quite extraordinarily, apparently, vanquished the virus on their own. Whoa. Okay, now. That's huge. If I were one of those women, I'd be like, stab and grab, baby. Get my blood. Do what you got to do. You figure this out. I'm, I'm donating on a daily basis. Let's figure this out. Carl Diefenbach, director of the Division of AIDS at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, N-I-A-I-D. N-I-A-I-D. One of the multiple divisions of the National Institute of Health that funds the research network behind the new case study told NBC News that the accumulation of repeated apparent triumphs in curing HIV continues to provide hope. It's important that there continues to be success along this line. So you can uh, read more about the successful, hopefully permanent cure for HIV AIDS. This is an amazing breakthrough, and we pray that this continues. Uh, Who knows? Yeah, it would be be fine. This was clear back in February, so who knows how far they've come. Yeah, it would be fine with me if that was just tossed into the dustbin of history. Mm -hmm. That was just such an awful... Awful. Well, and it continues to be a pandemic in Africa Yeah, um, of epic proportions. Right. I, I know that the entire time I worked at World Vision, that was, I mean, entire generations were wiped out. So many grandparents are raising their grandchildren because all the parents were completely wiped out. It's, yeah. it's awful. It's, it's and, and then the children who are born with it. So hopefully this is, uh, you know, once... Close to the final and, chapter you know, of... God bless the people who are willing to be experimented on for this, to be in that situation where you know that you're going to be leaving the earth and there's only one chance left and by God you're going to try it and to be that patient. I mean, that's incredible. That takes bravery. It does. It does. And and to have that legacy, even Mm -hmm. if it didn't work. Yeah. You know, so um, hopefully... There's more of that on the horizon. Well, this one isn't as dramatic, but it, I still think it's, it's really, so really cool. cool, though. Using a unique hydrogel, scientists in Saudi Arabia created a solar-driven system that successfully grows spinach by using water drawn from the air while producing electricity. That is so cool. I want one. The- <laughs> <laughs> Gimme. Oh, you just can have your spinach by itself. <laughs> the... Proof of concept design described in, on March 1st in the journal Cell Reports Physical Science offers a sustainable, low-cost strategy to improve food and water security for people living in dry climate regions. This is amazing. A fraction of the world's population still doesn't have access to clean water or green power, and many of them live in rural areas with arid or semi-arid climate says senior author Peng Wang, a professor of environmental science and engineering at the King Abdullah University of Science and Technology. Our design makes water out of air using clean energy that would have been wasted and is suitable for decentralized, small-scale farms in remote places like deserts and oceanic islands. That's incredible. The system, called WEC-squared-P, is composed of a solar photovoltaic panel placed atop a layer of hydrogel which is mounted on top of a large metal box to condense and collect water. This is straight out of 
like Waterworld or uh-huh. or Mad Max. I mean, this or, or, or Star Wars even. I mean, this is wow. Or Tank Girl. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I never saw that. Oh, you should. I should. Um, it's bloody amazing. Wang and his team developed the hydrogel and the prior research on the material can effectively absorb water vapor from ambient air and release the water content when heated. The researchers used the waste heat from solar panels when generating electricity to drive absorbed water out of the hydrogel. The metal box below collects the vapor and condenses the gas into water. Alternatively, the hydrogel increases the increases the efficiency of solar photovoltaic panels by as much as 9% by absorbing the heat and lowering the panel's temperature. So it's a win-win-win-win-win. Right, and this is what we should be doing with all of our technology. When, you know, certain people like Greta want to just punish and punish and punish people, they're not fixing it. And you look at projects in in Africa where they're actually instead of saying oh you shouldn't allow be allowed to have cows and you know cow farts and whatever instead they're using that methane to power their cities it, it's like why aren't we being more innovative why are we so much about the stick and not about the carrot why are we more focused on punishing people into doing what we want them to do instead of figuring out how can we use the science that we have or invent science that will fix this? Virtually you know, the, the everything. The carbon credit nonsense is basically, I'm, sh- you know, not in my backyard. Yeah. You know, we're just shoveling it around. We have the technology to build machines that decrease carbon. We have right here in that front technology. of us, right, right here. This article says, "Yeah, we have that technology." But what are we doing instead? We're passing laws to punish people. Yeah. This, this, what I was just reading is the wave of the future. Yes. This, this is this is the good stuff. This is what's... The thing is, we're not going to be able to buy six hundred dollar cartons of ice cream if you know we solve the world's problems and that's as political as i'm gonna get you're welcome sure it is i'm trying <laughs> okay you actually are doing one. an amazing job on that thank you this next one i may cry so if i start crying you'll have to pick it up for me five patients have received new leases on life as a result of the death of an 18 year old boy due to his family's decision to donate his organs at the Postgraduate Institute of Medical Education and Research. The deceased Rajiv Kumar was a Kurukshetra Haryana inhabitant. Mm-hmm. Oh, I apologize for butchering that. On December 13th, Kumar had a terrible accident, and his family immediately took him to the Peowa Civil Hospital. But when his condition deteriorated, his family transferred him to Pigmar so that his skilled medical professionals could assist the young man. However, despite their best efforts, Kumar's condition did not improve. And on December 16, he was pronounced brain dead. Um, Full disclosure, uh, I went through this with my own brother. And like I said, (laughs) this is tough. The likelihood of organ donation was soon disclosed to the family. According to the representative of PGIMER, Kumar's mother displayed amazing fortitude when giving her approval to the organ donation procedure. As a result, medical professionals removed Kumar's functional organs after adhering to the guidelines specified under the Transplantation of Human Organs Act of 1994, 
Three patients at the medical facility who were in critical condition received new lives after having their harvested kidneys and livers transplanted into three matching recipients. In order to restore sight to two other institution recipients who met the criteria, Kumar's corneas were also taken. Isn't that just amazing? Just amazing. I have a friend who's a recipient of a <clears throat> lung transplant, and I love him, and I'm glad he's still here. And I think it's so incredibly brave of people to volunteer to do that. I mean, both of us have that on our licenses, although... And we recommend you do the Our same. Our organs are shot, so I don't know if anybody would want my crap-ass organs, but... <laughs> um, I think of my, my baby brother, and my mom did not have the strength to do that. She couldn't do it. She was asked, and she said no, and I can't judge. I, I can't judge because I can't even imagine being in the situation that she was in. All I know is whenever I read a story like this, it... It hits really close to home because not only am I dear friends with people who have been on the receiving end of this, mm -hmm. but I also know what it's like to be on the deciding end of this. And it just really pulls me in different directions. So God bless this family and God bless every single recipient of this sadly very, very young Yeah, it's too, that's too young to go. <sighs> Okay, so we're going to talk about another transplant. Yes. This is interesting. This one's really weird. And you know what? I, I, I don't know how to feel about this. It's Well, we'll find out. All I know is, Jim, you've always said the most direct way to your heart is with bacon. So here you go. I don't want it that directly. <laughs> transplant surgeons at... Yeah, let's try it again. Wow, two sips in, and he's like, Bleh. No, no, I, I finished the glass. Oh, you want some more? <laughs> After the show, love. I, I clearly don't need it right now. Transplant surgeons at Yale and New Haven Health, you try saying that sober, let alone drunk, are watching the groundbreaking surgery that took place recently at the University of Maryland. A pig heart was implanted in a 57-year-old man. That's my so, age. question. Yes? Was the pig involved in... A terrible accident and left brain dead? Or did we just slaughter the poor pig? We probably made ham and bacon and bologna and. I hope so. I, I hope the pig went to. to head cheese. <laughs> I hope the pig, you know, went on to. I mean, we just started the article. I have no idea because I haven't read. I don't. We don't tend to read these all the way before we start. <laughs> talking about them. And it's well, been it much. It it's been much, much to my regret <laughs> numerous times. Okay. His le okay, the pig heart was implanted in a 57-year-old man, a first for medical science. His level of illness probably exceeded our standards for what would be safe for human heart transplantation, said the transplant surgeon from wow, the University of Maryland. That's doctors, big. doctors genetically modified the pig's heart, customizing it for the patient, one way modifying genes to prevent the man's body from rejecting the organ. Holy crowley. That's almost, if we that's almost that, horror film just... sci-fi stuff. Why can't we just grow the organ? I think we'll eventually get there. With the technology of the 10-gene editing modifications that were made with CRISPR, CRISPR technology mm -hmm. to help That's create this. It's amazing how far yeah. we've come with that. I know. We were talking about CRISPR earlier this year. Yeah. There was something. I don't remember uh, it, what it was. Um, it was a genetic defect that mainly affected African-Americans and uh, um, uh, sickle cell. Okay, right, 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 and right. And it was right. helping to cure 
Right. These guys are amazing. So made with CRISPR technology to help create this transgenic pig, they were able to successfully take a one-year-old pig's heart and transplant it into a human who desperately needed a heart transplant and was at his last choice, life or death, and accepted this heart. Yale transplant chief Dr. The, Mulligan said. The biggest said, thing about transplants is your body rejecting it because it, it is seen mm-hmm. as a foreign object. Yeah. Unlike primates, pigs are more readily available for human organ supply. Well, pigs internally are mm-hmm. very close. Closer to us, sadly. Yeah. I mean, not, <laughs> that. It's just a judgment we place on animals. (laughs) They literally call us long pigs. These organs can actually be used either as a bridge to a human transplant or as a long-term transplant replacement. So it basically enhances the supply of organs for transplants significantly, Mulligan said. just like Chinese prisons. Sorry. Uh Oh, you didn't know about that? No. Oh, yeah. Basically, um, the Chinese uh, internment camps for Uyghurs is uh, organ harvesting. You didn't know that? And this is all the good news of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this wasn't the time for that. Boink. He he, uh, he admonished her publicly. I'm, I'm publicly admonished. <laughs> I, need, I need an admonish button. What do I got? I don't have lightning bolts. I've got... Um, you just I need... Think the best I can do is... Or, or maybe J- uh, Jack Benny going, Now cut that out. Now cut that out. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So let's get back into the good news. Cool. (laughs) That could help fulfill the desperate needs of just over 100,000 people on the organ. Say that again. 100,000 people on the organ donor waiting list with 17 people dying every day in the U.S. waiting for an organ match. I had no idea it was that high. The son of the Pig Hearts recipient is relieved. He's in a much better place and a much happier place right now following this transplant procedure. I want a button that says I am the son of a pig heart. Oh, boy. He is happy. like you were swearing. The son of a pig heart recipient. Happy with the potential to get out of the hospital, David Bennett Jr. said. Now, I'm going to, I think while you read the next article, I'm going to check and make sure dude is still alive and okay. okay. When, Experts when at this? Yale. This was, oh, January. Yeah, this okay, was back yeah, in so January, a year ago. So experts at Yale are doing research on organ transplants that includes how to make donor organs better after they are removed and before they are donated. It's through a process called organ perfusion. Wow. We're doing a lot of research on how we can make these organs better so that organs that we previously couldn't transplant can be used for life-saving transplants and expand that donor supply within our own species, just from organs that we couldn't use before because they were too fatty or they were in too much shock, Mulligan said. This is just mind-blowing. Huh? Bad news. What happened? He died in August. Well, it was an extra six months he had. He was 57. I know. That's young. Don't I know it? Ten more days. Anyway, <laughs> Why it's an it's share? an inside joke. I, I think it should be an outside joke. Okay, well, because we are going to be celebrating your birthday on this very show. After I lock Max up, chain him to the floor, and like we did today. Yeah, because <laughs> he did threaten to put on a, a, and there will not be one. No. Okay, there, so there's not clear. going to be a... Not happening. It, it's not going to happen. Nope, nope, we got we have, we have more news to share tonight that we even have time for. We might even go over time, so he's locked oh, up. Oh, wait, it wasn't August, it was March. Oh, he only survived two months. 
Okay, well then. David Bennett, the world's first recipient of genetically modified pig heart, died yesterday at the University of Maryland. So this is right. March still, 9th. Still. Oh, that was my baby brother's birthday. Still, you know, it's a. It's, and we're full circle with the baby brother thing. Holy crap. Me and, and baby brother. He passed away two months after receiving the porcine. It's porcine, right? Porcine, yeah. A heart during a groundbreaking procedure. Uh, Bennett's condition deteriorated in the past several days, the hospital said, but the reasons for his death are not immediately known. The surgeon scientists are in the process of investigating the cause of death and plan to submit their findings to a peer-reviewed journal. Well, he made a sacrifice. He was the but very first. Well, like I, I, it's going to lead to better. He's going to die anyway, so yeah. he did something so incredibly brave, and he got to watch the Super Bowl. I'd, I would have been scared to death. Well, yeah. Yeah, but he was able to spend time with his family. He watched the Super Bowl. He got a couple more months than he would have gotten. And it's true. his, I don't even want to call it a sacrifice because... No, it was a contribution to society. It was a contribution, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're devastated. Because he was going to die anyway. It was like, who fought do hard this just to for live. fun. And they call this xenotransplantation. Um Unique and historic role in helping to contribute to a vast array of knowledge to the field of xenotransplantation. Wow. Okay, well, I'm sorry that we had to end with sad news, but at the same time, let's honor Mr. David Bennett. And uh, God bless his family. And may they continue to understand that so many people are very, very grateful for his sacrifice. So this uh, okay. interesting story for from Melanie. Yeah, um, it, you hear so much about Ukraine, you forget there's other wars going on. In yeah, the world. I know. It's well, that's yeah. And, I, I might um, go into that. Ethiopia, and I have <clears throat> actually two Ethiopian, actually three. Now that I think about it, Ethiopian students. So that this kind of hit close to home. Mediators between Ethiopia's federal government and authorities in the Tigray region embroiled until last month in a brutal war, are stepping up efforts to enforce truce as relations between the two sides inch closer towards normalcy. I do want to state um, two of my students are brothers, and their mom is the one that I announced a couple weeks ago that she became a U.S. citizen, and they were very proud of her. So congratulations again. The November 2nd ceasefire quieted a two-year conflict that killed tens of thousands and displaced millions in the Horn of Africa. But implementation of parts of the deal has been slower than hoped. Humanitarian workers in Tigray say troops from neighboring Eritrea, which should have withdrawn under the terms of the truce, are still present in several towns there. Now, I did read a follow-up, and things are actually moving forward still. Um a region where millions remain hungry and needing aid. So we do have a lot of folks that still need aid to this day. The issue of Eritrean forces and the restoration of services and humanitarian aid to Tigray were expected to be on the agenda of a monitoring team being set up by the mediator. So this was December of, of 2022. Mm-hmm. So I tried to get the most current one I could possibly get because this happened a while ago. Tigrayan leaders have complained about delays in establishing the monitoring team and implementing other provisions of the truce, so hopefully that'll move forward. But seriously, any peace in that area 
anything. I mean, I know Ethiopia has been just knocked sideways as long as over I've been alive. Over and over and over again. As long as they I've been alive. They can't get a break. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is very recent. It's very tentative. Uh, I pray that, that uh, th- this continues and, and that they do see peace and they get the assistance that they need. I'd much rather billions of our dollars be going there instead of elsewhere, but I'm not getting political, so you're next. All right. This is mind-blowing to me. At 20 times the size of the world's current largest floating wind farm, a new renewable energy project is being built off the coast of England and Wales. Called Blue Wind, it will provide power for around 900 927,400 homes. While an exact site has not yet been confirmed, a 1,500-square-kilometer patch of the the Celtic Sea, 70 kilometers off the coast, is being assessed for its suitability. Kincardine off the coast of Aberdeen, Scotland, is currently the world's largest floating wind farm, generating about 50 megawatts of power. But this new project from French energy company EDF and DP, a renewable energy company from Ireland, will be 20 times as large, generating around 1 gigawatt of power. The offshore wind farm will bring opportunities for both local and national communities, said Scott Sutherland, EDF Renewables UK head of offshore wind. This is a great start to 2022 for us, and we are very pleased to announce this partnership with DP Energy. This article is from... Okay, January of 22. Okay. So what is a floating wind farm? Well, we're about to find out. All right. Floating wind farms are an exciting new technology with the potential to bring investment and jobs for coastal communities, says Sutherland. Instead of being rooted to the seabed, floating turbines sit on platforms anchored under the water. Constructed on land, they are pulled out to sea by boats and tethered using mooring cables. While conventional turbines are... Or turbines, I'm sorry. While conventional turbines are limited to a depth of 50 meters, yeah, floating... That would be a really high tur- turbine. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Floating <laughs> turbines can be installed in a wider variety of locations. It means they can better accommodate fishing and shipping lanes, as well as allowing them to reach stronger winds. Around 80% of potential offshore wind power is estimated to be found in deeper waters. So if there's like a... Like a storm, mm-hmm. does everybody get like a power surge? I mean, how does that work? <laughs> I'm sure that I, I don't know. I'm, I'm no more of a scientist than you are. Well, actually, you're more of a scientist than me. You actually studied to be a crustacean Scientologist or whatever it was you said earlier. Crustacean Scientologist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, cetacean biologist, dolphin doctor. God. It also means that they cannot be seen from the shore. I just need my lobster to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> until Zune comes down from the sky. Never yes, mind. there we go. <laughs> anyway, it also means it cannot be seen from the shore. A 182-centimeter tall person can see roughly five kilometers out to sea, so the turbines of this new wind farm off the U.K. coast will not be visible from land. Initial remote surveys for marine mammals and birds have been taking place since spring 2021 to try and reduce the impact of constructing the new project on local wildlife. This is fascinating. I was joking about them slicing albatrosses like like sushi. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fascinating. Huh? Hope it works out. I mean, and this is a great... Yet another this, innovation that is better than punishing people. 
or just whining about it and not doing anything. Exactly. This is, this is good. So this next story is... We're just dog-leggy, for, man. We're just going sideways yeah, on this one. But this is a, a, a win for First Amendment lovers. All right. Lovers. This is from the American Library Association. <clears throat> More than one in seven... Wait. No. More than seven in ten voters, 71%, oppose efforts to remove books from public libraries, with majorities of voters across party lines opposed. So what does this mean in reality? Large majorities oppose book removals in school libraries after hearing arguments from both sides. There is a near-universal high regard for librarians and recognition of the important role that local public libraries and school libraries play in communities, minus most voters are confident in local public libraries to make good decisions about their collections and think libraries do a good job representing a variety of viewpoints. So there's something we agree on. Holy smokes, who knew we could do this? So Democrats, Independents, and Republicans are all in the eighty to seventy to eighty percentile of. Good job representing variety. Good job representing variety of viewpoints, um, both parents and non-parents. Parents express a high degree of confidence in schools' libraries' decisions about their collections, and very few think that school librarians ignore parents' concerns. That's very refreshing. Very refreshing. Voters and parents affirm the importance of giving young people access to books and not allowing individual parents to decide what books are available to other people's children. We're not talking individuals on some of these cases, but that's also refreshing. So overall, positivity all the way around for books. So this was a research on behalf of the American Library Association among 1,000 voters and 472 parents of children in public school. Very small sample size, but still. It's it's good to know. Positive and reassuring. (coughs) I don't expect everybody to, you know, have free and open libraries, yeah. but you know that but that's pretty high. That's pretty high number. So okay. a strong opposition to removing books from libraries. We're talking seventy-one to twenty-nine percent. So most people oppose removing books from public libraries. Frankly, I think libraries should have all books, even ones that, especially ones I disagree with. There are certain books that should not be required reading for right. school children. Right. So that that's a different debate. Yeah. But no, that's really a positive study. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to wrap up the year with we might go a little bunch bit of long. stories of one of our favorite subjects, yep. which is animal animals, conservation. Animals, animals everywhere. Animals, 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 animals here everywhere. and there. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I put these all together because we have been seeing some amazing strides in conservation as far as animals go. Mm -hmm. And I thought we would wrap up the year with animal stories. Okay, well this one, this one, I, I dedicate this one to our dog, Susie, who has a fascination with the buffalo wandering around yes. outside our... She's like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And we open the door, she's like, <gasps> look at the da big bison. bison. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you have to go, bison. <laughs> you do it better than I do. Because I've known enough people who talk like that. I've met people like that. I was in the Marine Corps for four years. <laughs> That's right. 
The green crayons are the best. Yes. So this is amazing. We shared this story on an earlier show, but it bears repeating. Yeah. Or bison. Wild repeating. bison returned to the UK for the first time in thousands of years. These bison look drastically different from the ones in our front yard. Yeah, they're different kinds. The gentle giants released in Kent should transform a commercial pine forest into a vibrant natural woodland. Early on Monday morning, three gentle giants wandered out of a corral in the Kent countryside to become the first wild bison to roam in Britain for thousands oh, of years. give me a home where the bison buffalo roam. People the equate thing. the two. They are the same thing. Yeah. I, I looked it up because I was curious, and it turns out they're yeah. literally the By same By and thing. large, we, they, we refer to the same animals. Yeah. There's just a lot of different a lot of different The American yeah. bison is a buffalo. Yeah. So anyway, the aim is for the animal's natural behavior to transform a dense commercial pine forest into a vibrant natural woodland. Their taste for bark will kill some trees, and their bulk will open up trails, letting light spill onto the forest floor, while their love of rolling around in dust baths... And they do love that. We've, we've Yeah, we see that firsthand. on a very frequent basis. Rolling around dust baths will create more open ground. All of this should allow new plants, insects, lizards, birds, and bats to I thrive. I no idea. You know, ecosystems are cool. The circle of life. The Wilder Blien Project near Canterbury is an experiment to see how well the bison can act as natural ecosystem engineers and restore wildlife. The UK is one of the most nature-depleted countries in the world. A more natural woodland should also absorb more carbon, helping to tackle the climate crisis. Wait, Gl- what? What Are you telling me that bison don't burp? You'd have to ask them. Look, like well, we've got a bunch of them out there. Why don't you? Hey, you guys burp? <laughs> Isn't no. The thing with cattle is, is that their burping is causing the climate crisis, and now they're saying it's the opposite. They need I to don't make up know. their dang minds. Yeah. Anyway. Blah 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 These blah blah. Don't look as yummy as the ones on our farm. No, the ones on our farm look ready for oh, dinner. Yum yum. Oh God. A more natural woodland should also absorb more carbon, helping to tackle climate crisis. Global heating was evident as the bison were released, with England at the grip of a heat wave, and the early timing was to allow the bison to reach the shade of the woods before temperatures started to climb. European bison are the continent's largest land animal. Bulls can weigh a ton. Wow. Like a literal ton, not like like we're saying, oh my God, they weigh a ton. No, I mean, they literally literally weigh a ton. ton. And were extinct in the wild a century ago, but are recovering through reintroduction projects across Europe. Good for you guys. How do we extinct the bison? Yeah, bun, mustard. (laughs) Bun, mustard, ketchup. Ketchup, yeah. yeah. Um, The restoration of naturally functioning ecosystems is a vital and inexpensive tool in tackling the climate crisis. I can't believe I've said that so many times not stumbled on the words. Said Evan Bowen-Jones, CEO of Kent Wildlife Trust. We want Wilder Blien to mark the beginning of a new era for, era for conservation in the UK. We need to revolutionize the way we restore natural landscapes, relying less on human intervention, amen to that, and more on in, natural engineers like bison, boar, and beaver. Beavers. It goes, it goes on for a while. So Beavers are the only ones that... Don't sound as yummy as the other ones. That's true. I wonder if beavers are yummy. I'll never find out. I'm perfectly happy with chicken and beef. Are you telling me, Mr. James Monos, that you have never once eaten a beaver? (laughs) Wait, I need a button for that one. (laughs) You need something for that one. 
You know, an hour and a half ago, we were talking about the Bible, talking about Jesus, and now the sexual innuendo. You're married, you talk about that. That's Come true. on, that joke set itself yes, up. Yes, I've eaten beaver. That joke set itself up. <laughs> Thanks, I just had it stuffed. Whoa. From the movie of the same name, no. <laughs> I think we just saw a fly because Susie just vaulted at the wall. Over a fly. Over that, a fly. Because that's, that's, that's our dog. That's our dog. That's our dog. I swear, she'll be so intelligent for about 10 minutes, and then all and then of a sudden... click. I mean, it's literally like a, a switch is flipped. Seriously. It's, we were playing it's fetch today, and her brain just click, and she's like, um. Well, it's because there were dogs barking at her, because we were near a residential area Yeah, park. okay, so then we leash her up, and we're, we're heading out of the park, and then all of a sudden, click! I want the ball! I want the ball! I want the ball! It's like, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Good thing she's pretty. Anyway, Good thing she's pretty. The, she as we pretty. say so often in this show, this is a long article. There's a link to it in our website. Our... Can't do Coach of SD again. Yeah, you can right also click on support us, please. Okay, so since I'm a crustacean Scientologist, <laughs> uh, of course, this article is going to hit me in all the feels. Every single feel, even that one down there. Yes. Yes. You mean the beaver? Moving on. Full circle. From a distance, (laughs) it looks like a thick fog across the horizon, but as the ship drew closer, the ocean bubbled as 150 fin whales, the planet's second largest creatures, dived and lunged against the water's surface. Do you know what the first is? Huh? Do you know what the first largest creature is on the planet? No. Ever. And I mean ever, even all the way back to dinosaur times, the largest creature to ever be on this planet. What? You don't know? No. Blue whale. Blue whale. Blue whale. Mm-hmm. Six weeks, at, even dinosaurs. I, yeah. thought, I thought dinosaurs Six would be weeks, bigger. Nope. But. Six weeks into a nine-week expedition near the coast of Elephant Island, northeast of the Arctic Peninsula, researchers had stumbled upon the largest gathering of fin whales ever documented. Nice. It was one of the most spectacular observations I've had. I would give anything to have seen that. Oh, my God. Anything. Uh, Helen Herr, a marine mammal ecologist at the University of Hamburg. The fin whales seemed to go crazy because of the food load they were confronted with. It was absolutely thrilling. Oh, do they eat krill like blue whales? Okay, we'll find out. Dr. Herr and her colleagues, <laughs> her name's Dr. Herr, and her has colleagues, documented the return of a large number of fin whales to the waters that once made up their historic feeding grounds in a paper published on Thursday in the Journal of Scientific Reports. The research provides a glimmer of good news in what is otherwise a worrisome landscape for global biodiversity and species of ocean dwellers in particular. I'm pretty sure they're baleen whales, so yeah, they they have to eat krill. Humans are speeding extinction at an unprecedented pace, according to assessments by the United Nations in the ocean's recent modeling has estimated that global greenhouse glasses, blah, 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 okay. The rebounding of the fin whale's population, however, offers a sign that if you enforce management and conservation, there are chances for a species to recover. I didn't know that fin whales were, uh, uh, I honestly... In danger? uh, Yeah, I didn't know. I knew Mm. blue were, and they were making a, a, a comeback, but I didn't know fin were. Um, for much of the 20th century, the scene in the waters around Antarctica are markedly different. Between 1904 and 1976, commercial whalers descended on the rich feeding grounds and killed an estimated 725,000 
fin whales in the Southern Ocean, depleting their population to as little as 1% of its pre-whaling size. What are we using whales for now? People don't eat whale meat. We don't need the ambergris. We don't need... We're not using their blubber for lamps. So what the hell are we whaling for now? Jeez, people. When parties to the International Whaling Commission ultimately voted to ban whaling in 1982... I remember when that happened. After a decade long... I cried. Mom cried? I was 11, but I cried because I was really into the thing. After a decade-long campaign by environmental groups to save the whales... I was one of them. A number of species, including fin, sperm, and sea whales, had already been hunted to near extinction. Oh, did the sea whales ever come back? I know the sperms have made a comeback, but I didn't. I I knew about the sea, or say I never know how. I only ever read it, so I don't know how to pronounce it. Just like Hermione, <laughs> I never knew how to pronounce it until I saw the movies Hermione. But 40 years after the commercial whaling ban, researchers studying other species in the Southern Ocean began to notice an increasing number of fin whales had returned. So exciting. Um, They were investigating minke whales when they came across a large congregation of fin whales by coincidence. They decided to apply for funding to study the fin whales' revival. So this will go on for a while. Pictures are amazing. Uh, do head over to counterculturalize.com to read more about this, but God bless our whale friends. You know, dolphins are the only creature on the planet Earth that have a brain larger than human beings. Did it's you true. Know that? Yes, I did. Yeah. They're also the only ones that have sex for pleasure, and they're also the only animals that engage in rape. Okay, I was great until you got to that last <laughs> one. Yeah. And more good news. No, I'm, and, <laughs> the, as much as Melanie I think loves, the two go hand in hand, <laughs> or hand in fin, or, yeah, or something. hand in fluke, as the case may be. Yeah. So Max just sent us this. Yeah, uh, and, and as much as Melanie loves whales, I love these animals. I, I think they're amazing. Oh, I've they been are. fascinated with them my whole life. Creatures. And I'm not talking about elephants this time. No, we're talking about Maxi Mouse. Yes, it's the year of the tiger, and a new population assessment, and that was 2022. That was 2022. Uh, the year, this what year is, is it now? What Chinese year is it? Wait, it's still the year of the tiger. Because still the year of the tiger. Yeah. But but then, no, this was from January. So would, Oh, wait, July, July. So, yeah, it's still the year of the tiger. Can I move on? Year of the tiger and a new population assessment offers some hope for the endangered species. Now, lunar year 2023 is the year of the rabbit. Okay. So this year, later on, about a month or so, is the year of the rabbit. An estimated 37... 30, an estimated 3,726 to 5,000. As of January 22nd. Isn't that the day we met? That was the 20th or 21st. I have to look at the calendar to make sure. I'm sorry. Okay. All I'm saying is when we celebrate our anniversary, it's wabbit season. I get what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Getting back to our article. You can't duck that comment. <laughs> Wabbit. (laughs) Wabbit. An estimated 3,726 to 5,578 tigers currently live in the wild worldwide, up 40% 40 from 2015, according to a new tiger assessment from the International Union for Conservation of Nature. 
But much of the increase is because of improvements in monitoring the animals. That's okay. understandable. That makes sense. A fairly significant chunk of that 40% increase is explained by the fact that we're better at counting them, that many governments in particular have really sort of moved heaven and earth to do massive scale surveys. I mean, that's true for a lot of things from, yeah. you know, gun-related deaths to COVID to whatever. It's like, of course, it's going to increase significantly because now we know how to find them. Yeah. 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 But still, that's that's incredible news. Yeah. So this is from Luke Hunter, executive director of the Wildlife Conservation Society's Big Cat Program. Uh, the WCS is a nonprofit that has worked in roughly 60 countries across the world to save wildlife in wild places. Besides better counting methods, Hunter also attributes the higher tiger numbers to an increase in conservation efforts by governments in the countries where they live. Tigers are still considered endangered and remain on the IUCN's red list, which assesses endangered species. Tigers continue to decline in many parts of the world and have lost an enormous amount of their range because of poaching, habitat loss, and other human-driven factors, naughty humans. Tigers are considered highly valuable within the illegal wildlife trade, which has become a massive global industry. Although tigers represent just one of many endangered species, efforts to conserve them can benefit the areas and people within these communities, he says. When you succeed in saving tigers or conserving tigers, you are conserving very large wilderness landscapes with a huge host of biodiversity, but also a whole bunch of benefits to the human communities that live in and around those landscapes. Hunter says he believes these types of assessments show that conservation interventions can work and tigers can start to recover. Expanding and connecting protected areas, ensuring they are effectively managed, and working with local communities living in and around tiger habitats are critical to protect the species, the IUCN said in a statement. We love some tigers, and there's a really photo of a really cute tiger doing, yeah, cute. doing his best. That, that's the word that comes to mind when I see a ferocious Man-eating tiger. Oh, cute! But he looks like he's saying hi. Hey, I used the one over there. You look delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, yum, yum. All right, I see how you did this. You set up all the whale stories for me. Um, this is from a website I've never been to. It's called Good, Good, Good. And uh, it's probably one of the. It's very similar to the sources that I go to for yeah, wonderful and, and wonderful. I typically scan them and then read the parts that I want to read. Um, but this one is so funnily fun, fun written that I'm just going to read the article. Whale, <laughs> I'll be darned. It turns out there are some good news coming live from the world's oceans. Okay, sorry for the pun, but we're so excited to share. Despite all the very serious and ongoing challenges marine animals are facing due to climate change, humpback whales are turning the tide. Okay, last one, probably. <laughs> Let's start with the facts. The humpback whale is one of the world's most popular mammals, known for their Simone Biles level, I, I don't know who Simone Biles is, leaps out of water and distinct tail fins. Who's Simone? Would you look that up? Please? I'll look I don't it know up. Who that is. While these creatures are a sight to behold, humpback whales are also admired for their complex singing and vocalizations. I can tell you I have spent many of nights falling asleep to the singing of humpback whales, which use nets of bubbles to capture their prey. I've also watched that with the bubble circles. These big beauties can grow to 52 feet in length and can weigh up to 50 tons. In case you're wondering, that's about half of a house. 
Humpback whales were almost entirely wiped out by commercial whaling in the 19th and early 20th century, which is what got me interested in cetacean biology. Just to interrupt the story for a moment, Simone Biles is a Olympic gold-winning American gymnast. Okay, that makes sense. According to the Endangered Species Coalition, uh, they were one of the first species to be federally protected under the Endangered Species Act of the Marine Mammal Protection Act in 1970, the year I was uh, born. However, due to amazing uh, global conservation efforts, the current global population has rebounded from a low point of 10,000 back to nearly 80,000 as of 2022. Because of this rare and exciting victory in conservation efforts, most humpbacks were removed from the endangered species list in 2016. That's a big deal. While a number of humpback populations in areas of the world are still listed as threatened, this upward tick shows incredible promise for ongoing conservation efforts. To understand how this progress has been made, we'll need to look at various conservation efforts from around the world. I'm not even going to talk about certain political things that allow certain tribes to murder them. I'm just not going to. Okay. Just a mere 25 years ago, the Salish Sea between northern Washington and British Columbia near Vancouver saw zero humpback whales migrating through their waters, but in 2021 brought a baby boom like no other. According to the Pacific Whale Watch Association, researchers off the coast of Washington State. Our home, our homeland of Washington and uh, British Columbia. Don't yes. miss it. And British Columbia counted 21 calves, a record number for the region, and double the calves spotted in 2020. Scientists aren't sure exactly why this number is so high, but can attribute the phenomenon to the simple fact that more adult whales protected by law lead to an increase in calves. Um... <laughs> Duh. Researchers also speculate an abundance of food for the whales in the past couple of years. They are so beautiful. They're just, just amazing so animals. Amazingly beautiful. Federal protections do indeed help in conservation efforts. Studies show that species with protected habitats are twice as likely to be recovering as those without it. Again, duh. And governmental efforts to prevent ocean noise pollution. Now that's interesting has been successful in the last decade. Ocean noise pollution. Who would have thought? Now, how much do those wind turbines contribute to ocean noise pollution? Inquiring minds want to know. Hmm. In June of 2021, the Biden administration announced it would be protecting 116,000 square nautical miles off the Pacific Ocean, a critical area for three populations of endangered humpbacks. This will safeguard migrating whales from dangers like entanglement in fishing gear, ship strikes, and oil spills. Cool. You mean the Biden administration did something... Now, now! Period? <laughs> well, there's Ooh. that. Aside from population growth in the Pacific Ocean, the South Atlantic coast has also seen an increase <laughs> in humpback populations. And this goes on for quite a ways. Wow. The photos are... Gorgeous. Just Please read the do. next. Just read the next paragraph because it's um, mind blowing. After a tragic decline to just 450 whales, 2019 studies show that humpback whale numbers have rebounded to 25,000, which is a figure that brings the population close to pre-whaling 
numbers. I told you to read the last one, and now you know why. That's amazing. That is yeah, so that is amazing. Really, cool. really, really. That cool. is amazing. Um, God bless our our beautiful brothers in the sea. I mean, these animals are. They're wise. I mean, uh, there will be a time. I mean, these are the animals that were featured in, in that Star Trek episode. And um, mm-hmm. there will be a time when we will be able to speak to these animals because I'm telling you. They're very intelligent. They are wise beyond years. We, there's something they know that we don't. Stop but, wailing us, you morons! Well, there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely that. <laughs> All right. Well... One of my favorite families in the world is in this next article. The family of the late Steve Irwin has helped rescue 90,000 animals, including those falling victim to the ongoing wildfire devastation in Australia. This is from back in January. You know, because of those wildfires, koalas for the first time are actually considered an endangered species. How tragic is that? Yeah. It's going to take a while to come back from this. Terry, what a sweetheart she is. What a just darling, darling woman. Yeah, she is. Oh, there, the whole, all, th- all of his kids are amazing. Oh, my God. Bindi is just precious. And Robert, he looks so much like his daddy. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Terry Irwin, the widow of Steve Irwin, and their children, daughter Bindi, and son Robert Irwin, own and operate the Australia Zoo's Wildlife Hospital. Steve Irwin died in 2006 after being injured by a stingray. Injured? He was stabbed through the heart. That would be an injury. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Wildlife Hospital takes in animals from over all over Australia. Hundreds of gray-headed flying foxes, a species listed as vulnerable, have been flown to Queensland after the rescue center they were recovering in was at risk from fire and evacuated. Oh, my God, they're so cute. I got to see them when I was there. They are so cute. I want to go to Australia. I'll, I'll go again once they're not... No, yeah. Okay, well, I guess I'll just have to watch the videos. You have to get the jabity jab. They won't even let you in the country. I guess I'm going to watch the videos. Yeah. Bindi Irwin posted on Instagram after along with images of orphaned oh fox cubs. Oh, my God, and little, little baby blankets. They're so cute. This week, we treated our 90,000th patient, she wrote in the post. The 90,000th patient is a platypus rescued from the inferno who the family named Ollie. And there's a picture of him. It's absolutely adorable. Ollie the orphan platypus is receiving round-the-clock care until he can be released back to the wild, Robert, Ir- Robert Irwin posted on Instagram, adding, With pressures from drought to bu- bushfires, wildlife need our help now more than ever. The raging fires, which have burned over 12.35 million acres of land, wow. it's about twice the size of Vermont, is believed to have killed nearly 500 million animals since the start of Australia's bushfire season in September 2021, in according Australia, to estimates, the entire continent is not much bigger than Alaska. Yeah, it's it's not that big, relatively speaking. That figure includes only includes mammals and does not include insects, bats, or frogs, according to a statement on the university's website. The true loss of animal life is likely to be much higher than 480 million. The statement reads, up to 30 percent of the koala population in New South Wales' mid north okay. coast may Australia be killed. Australia is five times bigger than Alaska. Okay. Australia's Minister for the Environment, Susan Lay, told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, the region is known for its koala population, etc., etc. Imagine that. The entire continent of Australia is slightly smaller than Russia. Okay. I just love geography. I'm sorry, it's fun. I have kids I I help with geography. It's interesting. 
All right, and the last one is yours, Amazing. Melanie Hope. Not only do bumbles bounce, but so do butterflies. If we're going to end on a good <laughs> note, let's end on bouncing butterflies. I, Fritzy should read this one. She should. Migratory western monarchs are being reported at their overwintering sites in coastal California in greater numbers than last year, giving hope for the struggling population. At overwintering sites in Pacific Grove, Pismo Beach, and a private site near Big Sur, over 10,000 monarchs have been counted at each site. That doesn't seem like a lot when you're thinking about insects. It doesn't seem like that many. Last year, these three sites had less than... Whoa. Last year, these sites had less than 300. So this this is quite a build. By the way, it's fewer. Fewer than 300. Let's, Let's English correctly here, shall we? Um... Additional clusters have been reported from Santa Cruz, Monterey, Big Sur, Ventura, Los Angeles, and elsewhere. Elsewhere is a city in California. It's also the name of a TV show, saying elsewhere. So, continue. I watched it. Altogether, as of November 12th, 2021, there appear to be at least 50,000 monarchs easily accounted for at the overwintering sites. These are the most beautiful butterflies on the planet, I swear. With many sites yet unvisited. These reports are particularly welcome after last year when the Western Monarch Thanksgiving count reported an all-time low of fewer than 2,000 butterflies. This was preceded by two years of previously unprecedented lows of fewer than 30,000 butterflies. Don't yell at our listeners just because I'm they got the eating the wrong. I'm yelling at people who don't <laughs> English. <laughs> These low numbers are a stark comparison to the millions of monarchs that overwintered in California in the 1980s and the hundreds of thousands of monarchs that called these California forest groves home from the 1990s to 2017. Okay, question. If we're concerned about global warming, couldn't we assume that they're overwintering in states that they couldn't before because now they're warmer? Who's paid attention to that, huh? Huh? Not me. I've had too much wine. (laughs) He's on like a glass and a half here. All right, so monarchs are making a big old comeback to the old California, <laughs> and that's exciting. And this is a really long article, and yeah, this goes huge. on. But the, you know, basically, pages. we like to summarize. We don't want to read the whole thing. Yeah. There's no point. So, in summary, buttloads of butterflies are bouncing back <laughs> in California. And that and, concludes. You know what's really sad, though, is they only have one stinking picture, and you can just barely make out the butterflies. I know. Yeah, I had to actually zoom in to, yeah. to see what I, I to differentiate see the, the dang butterflies. And, the, and these monarchs are gorgeous, gorgeous, They're huge. They're huge. Yeah. 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 I, I'll never forget my baby brother. He must have been about six years old, and uh, Washington State sprays for gypsy moths mm-hmm. every year, and they tell you that uh, it's not going to kill the butterfly population, but it always does. Uh, you're you're going to be lucky if you see butterflies at all in Washington State. And they also tell you um, it's perfectly safe, nothing to worry about, but make sure you stay indoors and bring your pets in. And so my baby brother, who's about six years old, he comes in and he tells me all about the helicopters and the flutterbys and how, you know, the guy on the TV says that, you know, that the helicopters are going to kill... Um, the, the bad moss, but not the flutterbys. And he he hopes that's true because he hasn't seen a flutterby in years. And that the man said that it's totally safe and okay, but we have to stay inside and we have to bring our pets in so I don't believe him. 
I'm like, and a libertarian child is born. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. It has been an amazing, incredible, fantastic New New Year's. And I pray that you and yours will also continue on this trend as of January 1st of 2023. May every single day going forward be as amazing as ours was today. We love you. Nick, Dave, our favorite people in the whole wide world. And everybody listening in. Everybody else listening in. Nick and Dave in particular. Dave, larger than life. Nick, smaller than anything I know. I love you both. Thank you so much for tuning in, joining (laughs) us in chat. Anybody else who wants to join in, we'll make fun of you too. Have an amazing day, and we will see you next week. Bye. Counterculture Wise is a Stormcat production. Thank you for joining our growing family of listeners. All links from the show are available on our website, counterculturewise.com. Find our archives on any of your favorite podcast hosts. We engage in satire, commentary, and generally laugh at the ridiculousness of our crumbling society. Our only medical or financial advice is to not follow any financial or medical advice given by podcasters. Our animations, interviews, holy crap segment, and other videos are put out on BitChute and Rumble, and only in part on YouTube because they hate free speech. Our show is entirely funded by listeners like you. Visit our ever-expanding merch store or our Subscribestar, where you can get outtakes, extra videos, and sneak peeks. If you would like to be a guest on our program, feel free to contact us via our website. Just click on the link at the top that says, Be a Guest on Our Show. For more fun and cat pics, please visit our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For complaints about our show, please fill out the ID10T form on our website, and we will give it the attention it deserves. Meanwhile, no matter how cruel the world may be around you, always remember the importance of kindness. Be kind to each other. Be kind to animals. And be kind to yourself. See you you next next week. week.